Everybody, welcome to episode 72 of In a Good Way podcast. Today's special guest is Lorelai Drock. Uh, she is a divine conduit and remembrance guide. She is also an NDE experiencer. Um, plus, she has many other abilities. And it's an honor to have you here, Lorelai. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Omar. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to have a talk with you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've known you for a little bit, but I haven't been able to dive that deep into your story so that's especially why i'm i'm very honored to have you here because i want to hear your story so you know i always like to start with my guests in the beginning and um so of course i want to ask when you were little were you already experiencing anything uh or did it start after your first nde because you have had a few nde so did did it start after your or were you already getting it from the from a young age my youngest memory is my mother, like, always saying I was an old soul. Like, oh. you couldn't tell me anything. I already knew. But my first NDE was at seven. So that kind of throws everything off because, you know, um, my whole childhood was being in that state of consciousness. So, wow. um, yeah, I had a, a drowning experience at, at age seven. So, wow. um, yeah. and um, I, I grew up Catholic but loosely, do you know what I mean? Mm. The German Catholic. And because uh, I always find that it's interesting. People always go like, what was your basis as far as how your experiences played out? But um, yeah, and I remember coming back from my NDE going to my mom, I'm supposed to be a priest. <laughs> She's like, you can't be a priest in our religion, honey. I said, well, then it's not for me. Nature's my church, mom. I'm going into the woods. <laughs> but she never made me go back to church afterwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. so real quick. So, with the drowning, how did that happen? If you don't mind me asking, how? Like, what? Okay. Um. Well, um. My aunt, and uncle came over. They lived across the street. We lived on 190, 191 acre farm. Oh wow. It used to be a quarry, so we had a lot of ponds. Mm. Um. And we had a big one that was like the swimming pond where they they built out a pier out of you know pallets and such, but it was connected often because of the water table you know, to the smaller pond next to it where the bluegill spawned. So um, my brother asked my aunt and uncle to go down there while my mom was cooking supper. And of course, you know, get me out from underfoot. Just like, take your sister with you, you know? Um, so, and it, it was about, it's about a mile walk back there. And, um, and there's two entrances. So they went to the, where the bluegill spawned. And um, my aunt took me down to the other end because that's where the swimming pier is because I like to look in the water. And there was a smaller pond next to it where all the, uh, literally it was like a frog factory. <laughs> you know, that's where they all went to, to uh, for their tadpoles. So I love to go to that section. So I went out to the end of the pier looking and um, it was like late afternoon. Um, so, you know, the way the light was sitting in the water was kind of mesmerizing. Mm. So I got a little dizzy. And so then I went to the other side. Well, my aunt kind of had separation anxiety. She didn't like being away from my uncle. That, that was just normal, right? So she's like, I'm going to go check on him. You know, mm. are you going to be okay? Here I am, seven years old. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> but you have to also remember, we were farm people. You know, you have a lot of responsibility at a young age, right? You know, um, so it's a little different. Uh, so, but as soon as she left, the next thing I know, this is the weirdest thing. It's like I blanked out. The next thing I knew was my 
body was feet first sinking in the water that I became aware of it. And then as the bubble started coming up, because I realized I was screaming, (laughs) you know, I realized that's my air. I'm going to die. And so as soon as I said that, I was out of body. Oh. And watching it sink. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. And, but this is the the interesting part that not a lot of people necessarily get. But um, as soon as I had left my body, I started to connect to the consciousness of everybody around Mm. me. So I heard my brother's thoughts because they obviously heard me fall in. They heard my aunt scream. She's trying to get to me. Um, But I heard my brother's thoughts. If he could swim to me faster or run to get to save me, you know, because if he could swim across that pond or or run. And I remember laughing going, you can't do either. (laughs) You know, know? I'm sitting here, you know, because it was still my consciousness. I hadn't like, you know, left the thing. Um, And my uncle and aunt were both, you know, panicking, you know, like how this happened. It's going to be our fault, you know, that kind of stuff. And my aunt was the last one in in my circle right there um, that I connected to. And, you know, she was just, she didn't know how to swim either. So she's trying to figure out what she can hang on to, how she can get to me because she's closest, you Mm. know, so all those thoughts. Um, And then I went what, what felt like farther up, like way up. And then I could see my mom, you know, the mile back at the farmhouse cooking dinner. And she's wondering if we found anything or if we caught anything or when we'd be back um and so as soon as I knew she was okay then next thing I know I was just gone gone I I was in this place um it did seem like kind of like clouds Mm. um with the brightest light you'd ever see a thousand LEDs and um and I could tell I could sense there was somebody with me like off to my left but and and we were like looking up at this like it looked like an archway um and this being was coming through but it emanated so much light you just couldn't even make out anything as it approached um and and i remember having this (laughs) parts of the conversation i i just remember them telling me you know i was supposed to go back and it felt like eons because here i am arguing i mean i literally felt like i was there years going there's no way you can make me go back to that nope i'm not going nope oh wow yeah so let me ask real quick when you uh were there did you still Mm -hmm. have like the mind of a seven-year-old or you were already like this very aware being that's the interesting thing like i really can't say like um i still have the petulance the stubbornness of what you would call a (laughs) seven-year-old Because here I am arguing with you. Yeah, that's why I asked. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. You know, but as my soul self, I have found I am that way. So I (laughs) (laughs) But um so I I'm not sure on that aspect, you know, because like I I don't feel like in that one, like I knew everything. Mm. You know, it came to me bits and pieces after, but I just felt this amazing love that you it's ineffable. I guess you would say, you know, it's like a parental love times a zillion, you know, I, I say terms like that, but that's the closest I can get you to, to that kind of love and peace. And, and that's mostly what I remember from that experience. I don't remember like an expanded consciousness, just that I didn't have a body and I, I felt one with everything, but I didn't have this expansive thing that I, that I recall. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure like I had this feeling, like I saw what I was supposed to go back to, like if things have trickled through since then. You know, and like, like even coming back saying I wanted to be a priest, like I knew, um, 
there was something to that that I was supposed to teach, you know, the mm. ways, but not the Bible ways I come to found out. But, you know, so there was a lot to that. But, you know, and I, I did have a very traumatic life. It was like my whole timeline switch when I came back as far as how my yeah. family was, everything. But the funny part is, it's like I was arguing, like I said, what felt like lifetimes. But then there was this male, this deep male voice. And it just felt like it was in my head yet all around me. And it echoed so loud like authoritative like like remind me of like Zeus but of course people would say God or whatever but it was just he's like you must go back you have more to do and I was just like oh. but that I was still like yeah so that's amazing I literally went back to my body after that but I wouldn't get in it like I was like I could see my body laying there they had brought it up and laid it on up on the because it was kind of a steep embankment to go down there so they named it they laid it on the top of the embankment and I had no ill effects you know like I didn't see any water in my lungs or anything but they just they laid me there um but it's like I swear for a year it felt like I wasn't in my body like I was with it okay you can make me go back here but you can't make me do this wow I'm very petulant I I was always very stubborn um, so it's taken me a long time to surrender to the divine flow. Let's just put it that way. But, um, and I don't think I talked till the next day. I'm pretty sure because I remember they were concerned about me. Like they could see I was physically fine, but I just wouldn't speak. And when I did, that's when I told my brother, I was like, why are you thinking that? You know? And I told my mom, I died, you know, but she, my family had had a lot of different weird experiences. So they didn't question that, especially when I was telling them what they were thinking. I mean, they're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, you could hear it once. Oh, be during during you told them what they during were thinking the, during. while my body was underground, wow. uh, underwater. Yeah, the fact that I knew what they were thinking and mm. doing back at home and everything else, they didn't question it. They knew something had happened, but then I, you know, I didn't know nothing about near death experiences. I didn't even really learn about that till a few years ago, mm. like that it was a term or what it was or. You know, I just knew I died. It was just natural to me. I was a kid, you know? Yeah, so. Wow. Okay. But that's when I started having the prophetic dreams. Um, okay. yeah. I could tell when souls were preparing to leave their body. Like, they would look like wax dummies. It was kind of scary as a child. And then I felt responsible, you know, because it was always like two weeks before they passed when I started to see that, you know, or I'd sense things like as I got older. and But, you know, I couldn't save people, you know? And then it's like, well, if I would have tried hard enough, but it got where I knew enough things and had enough prophetic dreams. My family listened to me. Like my sister once didn't take um, a flight with her fiance because I just had a bad feeling. I knew there was something playing out. I, it just didn't mean the plane was going to crash, but it just, they shouldn't go. And they did it. I was really shocked. They're like, no, you've been right enough. <laughs> wow. You know, so I had a supportive family unlike some, you know, that have gone through, but, but it also alienated me. Like you were the mailman's kid. You weren't right. You know, they were hunters and, and sportsmen and not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, and they were big partiers and drinkers and, and just the way they were about people and things and everything else. Like I, I came back as this pure love and mm. I didn't know how to assimilate at all. And like I said, there wasn't books, there wasn't people that I'm always aware of. I didn't know how to fit. <laughs> mm, no, I, you know yeah, kids yeah. at school be like you're weird but in a good way like mm. nobody knew how to take me and i i didn't know how to be any different you know wow so you were experiencing this throughout 
elementary, junior high, high school even. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then yeah. you already had all these abilities and and then when did uh well i guess from there how did your your life go until your next nd or or what happened well, <clears throat> there was a lot of childhood trauma in in, mm -hmm. in the case of like verbal abuse civil sibling abuse like like you know and being locked in the basement you know wow. just chase just just a lot of things that that you know led to a lot of soul trauma and i think that's what led to you know my other experiences and things um when we don't heal those things they come through our energetic bodies and produce themselves in a in a very physical way so by the time i was like 15 i started having things where like half my body would go numb and i'd be oh. dizzy and all this stuff they thought i maybe i had a brain tumor i had a few incidents you know with head you know a head injury and stuff um so they didn't know what was wrong with me and so i had all these tests and even a psychology exam because they couldn't figure get to the bottom of what was going on with me um I think that was later in my 20s of course I was diagnosed saying they said I was just had stress syndrome from an underlying illness that the doctors couldn't figure out they eventually that's before like fibromyalgia and things like that were diagnosable mm -hmm. so I eventually like I think at 28 got diagnosed with that and um and some other things you know so I racked up because okay this is why I think NDE integration is so important or to learn these steps. I was wide open. When you have an NDE, it, you know, you usually, your soul blows out one of your chakras, right? So I was this wide open sponge, especially where I was empath. And, you know, I remember even bringing a kitten back to life when I was a kid, for real. Oh. Anyway, and things like that, that I just didn't think nothing of. You know, so like, I always wanted to heal everyone. And I even went into the medical field, you know, and so... <clears throat> I was just sponging. Like there was tons of things I had symptoms of, but um, medically there was no backup for it. I mean, a few of them were backed up medically by tests and bone scans and everything else. But like I was, by the time I was like 28, I think I had like 16 autoimmune diagnosis or comorbidities and different yeah. things. Like I shouldn't be functioning kind of yeah. thing. You know, and, and I remember my doctor when I was like 18 or 20 is like, you have the body of a 91 year old. What is going on with you? I mean, as far as like symptomatic and degeneration already and all this yeah. stuff, you know. Um, so, I mean, physically and emotionally, you know, I had gone through a lot. And and I find sometimes that is is the case to break break open an empath and all of these things right it's, it's part of the creation story, mm. you know, and I don't talk about it very often, you know, because I was always very prideful, like, you know, and I was very much raised, like, you don't talk about these things. You protect your family name. This stuff doesn't go on behind closed doors. You know, that whole mentality of, you know, 80s parenting, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so there was just a lot of things and a lot of exposure, but it created who I am. Uh, you know, um, some people might carry that forward in a victim mentality. And maybe for a while I, I, I did until I understood what made and break me, you know, like, and, and why I chose those things um, and to experience those things. But it was literally like my life changed overnight. Like I jumped into a new timeline. Like, who are these people? They're, they they treated me totally different. It was very bizarre. Wow. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, from my understanding, I think part of it is, you know, you come back such a high vibration, you know, and, and then so you create this static because, okay, when you're standing in front of such a being of light, 
even as I was as a child, which I hadn't really racked up anything to feel guilty of, right? Mm. But you still feel small and unworthy and being judged, even though you weren't judged. You were, you know, they, as long as you're putting love into the world, there's no judgment, right? But so I think that level of light and the intensity and the fact that like, I could always see both sides of the story drove them crazy. They always wanted to judge or talk behind people's back. And I'm like, they're just doing this because of this. They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, I just know, you know, like I could see their wounds. So I knew why they behaved the way they did. Mm. Um, so I, I just feel like they, the understanding I got later was like, you know, um, my energy just made them feel judged in that sense. You know, I was always like, I don't even like the term the devil's advocate when it came to like defending things or understanding things. That was the term they used back then, you know, now I know way too much about the power of words. I don't, I don't like to say those, but um, yeah. So um, I, I, I became, I think I graduated, I became a medical assistant. I, I graduated in um, 94, I believe. And so then um, I went to work in urgent care and um, occupational medicine. Mm. Uh, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because that's when I started to see some of the medical intuitive abilities that I have. <clears throat> and but I didn't recognize him as that back then. Like I remember there was this young girl and I checked her in and, and I talked to her and I came back out. She's only like five. I told the doctor, I said, it's her appendix. And he looked at me like, yeah, whatever, you know? And he went in there and he's like, oh my God. And he comes back out. He was white and his jaw down. He's like, I would have missed that. How did you know? I said, I just do. Wow. And you had, they I, didn't know you had this, these abilities. Right. I didn't even, I just, oh, I just okay. I, you know, in that sense, like I was intuitive, you know, I had some different things, you know, but they, they came and went in strength as far as my clairs till later in life. Like they were strongest when I needed something, you know, it was mostly, like I said, prophetic dreams and just knowing. Mm. Um, so it was just, so that was the first time that I remember like truly knowing it before I would just dismiss these feelings, you know? And I'm like, okay. Um, and <laughs> that story always gets me because this is very important with healthcare. Like um, our doctors were uh, what you call like contract doctors. And so was the ER in our town. So we had to send her up to the ER because we were only the urgent care. They had a rivalry. So that doctor sent her home, said she had a tummy ache. Wow. And it ruptured and she had to be rushed. And <laughs> but everything turned out okay. But that's where ego comes in, you know? So th that's what, you know, between them, you know, and it really taught me a lesson, like never to like be that way, you know, as far as holding ego and like, you know, and things like that. Um, so that, that was a val valuable lesson in that whole scenario. Cause I was like, why did it play out that way? Why was I told this yet for her to still go through all that? You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, um, but then the reason I'm talking about this in the medical field is it, it got to be where literally I was taking on all these people's symptoms. You know, they say, they say, I feel so much better. I don't even think I need to see the doctor, you know, <laughs> after I would talk to them. And um, so it was kind of funny that way. But so I was stacking on and it got to the point where my immune system literally was crashing and they had to put me on so much um prednisone and stuff that my body flipped up my face turned like a pancake my eyes were just split my wow. skin ripped my skin ripped open like literally ripped uh, i and it and it was so painful and i didn't know what was going on with me um and while while i was on leave is when um 
I finally got pregnant after years, probably the stress of not being at work. Um, and that leads into my um, second NDE. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so a lot of things changed after that. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I had a visitation from my grandmother, you know, telling me that I was going to lose this baby. It wasn't mine to keep, but there would be more and not to be afraid. Mm. And, um, and she showed me a date on the calendar and, and me sitting in the clinic. And, um, well, sure enough, that date I started spotting bleeding out. Um, they rushed me to the ER, um, and they said, I need an emergency DNC. Well, I'd never had any type of surgeries before and they weren't familiar with me. They gave me too much anesthesia. I started bleeding out cause I guess I run anemic. Um, so, and I had to be incubated. He said they almost lost me. Um, I don't really have any memory of that. I was later told, you know, that I went home for healing to have children. Cause there was like an ancestral thing of, you know, that they had cursed their womb basically, you know? Oh, wow. Um, so all of that got, got cleared up, but I remember interestingly enough, like it, the sensation was the same. I was all loving. Everybody was so upset that I lost this baby. I'm like, no, it was just part of the plan. They didn't understand it. I was like in this whole high state of consciousness. Um, and the hardest part, you know, was my husband, you know, he blamed mm. himself. And then, you know, there was a lady that they also almost lost that night because they couldn't get the baby to come. And so right when they're trying to discharge me, the baby finally came. And so the baby was screaming. They had to like, like leave us and go tend to this whole situation. You know, so it was, it, that was kind of traumatic. And I still had a party planned for that night and I still had it. Like nobody could get why I was in such this high place, you know? So, wow. you know, and later, you know, I understand it now, but you know, I just had this complete knowing and understanding like everything was as it should be, you know, and that baby would come back to me. It just, and the doctor confirmed it because you know how I said, um, my body wasn't ready for a child yet or didn't know how to create it. And the doctor came back with the, all the information. He said, the systems didn't interconnect. Your body didn't know how to put a baby together. Wow. He's like, but if you want to have a child, you need to right away, you know? And, <clears throat> and so we did. And so he did. And yeah. So, oh, wow. but, um, so af after that, I, I tried, I think I tried to go back and I just could not do it. And this was the final straw. I, I, I had a patient, it was a baby. I was supposed to give, you know, the usual things, the vaccines. Um, and I literally heard its soul scream. That's the only thing I could call it. I just heard this the loudest scream in my head, in my mind. And I had no idea. I, I, I didn't know anything about all these things. Um, and I, I just couldn't do it. Oh, I, I, I literally said, I said, I cannot go back. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I quit. <clears throat> yeah. And, 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 um, so you know, because you were going to administer that, you heard the, the soul screaming. Yeah. I, I, I went to administer it. I started to, and I literally, it, you know, the baby was barely like crying, but I just hurt like you know, like I wanted to jump away and run. Like I, like you had just touched a hot iron. Like, what are you doing to me? You know, it was, mm. and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Western medicine or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, um, we, and so it made it hard even when my kids were that age, cause I knew they had to have certain ones and I was very discerning after that, but, and my son did end up with that type of damage, but from a vaccine and I almost died from a vaccine. So I'm not saying like, 
it's the truth for everyone, but, um, you know, my, my family really reacted badly to the hep B vaccine. Um, and so, um, and I'm not sure, you know, um, the immunologist I worked with said, if I would have had one more, it would have killed me. Wow. I mean, I had that, that bad. And, and it, there was significant change in my son from the before and after, and he was very delayed after that. Um, and, you know, everyone is different DNA wise. I guess that's why I'm such an advocate now. Um, they do have the DNA technology to test all of that against your DNA. I, I'm a proponent that that gets, you know, much more in use and available. Um, my friend was one of the ones that, uh, created it. Um, the, one of those technologies um because like even when i had my husband tested here half the meds he was on are considered like toxic to him wow. <laughs> you know so i always proponent that and, and i'm not giving medical advice but i i just am so happy to see those kind of technologies coming forward absolutely but see i feel eventually obviously right we are supposed to speak up about that but even that right like when i gave just you know, during the whole pandemic, I made two videos on two different channels and I was just sharing my story. That's it. What I was right. guided to spiritually, not even I'm not a medical, nothing. And they deleted both of my videos. And I was just like the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's amazing that you can't say that the, that word. At but, all. I, but I feel <laughs> that eventually it will it will get out there. Well, we you know, it just has to change because. I think it just has to, right? It has to, uh, mm -hmm. especially when there's so many. Uh, and that, yeah, the same. I never try to push anything on anybody. Do what you want, but don't try to. When I was guided a certain way and I know my connection, you mm -hmm. good luck trying to push me to do something. <laughs> well, after, you know, you and, know, and that's it, you know, um, you know, and there's other ones that I had no problem with. There's certain ones. I'm to the point, certain ones. I react to all meds now that like I don't take anything. Mm. I, I went that's the story after after that particular nte you know um and all of that um and some other things some stes and things that had happened that what are, um, what are sts spiritually transformative experiences oh, okay. they're not okay. ndes but they're nde like or the connected to consciousness after death communication all these kinds of things okay. um because like my, my grandfather passed when i was also seven and i think that's part of the reason i had that experience was to me in a sense and he visited me right before he passed like I knew he was gone before anybody else did like my mom got the call I'm like yeah grab and we went past grandpa to take me to school they still took me to school that day and we went past his house I'm like grandpa's gone she's like you know I'm like I you know I knew he was had already passed um and he was like the closest person to me he was the only kind person in my life at that point you know so I think they kind of prepared me in that sense mm. um but um, what was I with? Oh, so um, I had gotten to the point of being bedridden and my organs were shutting down and I was severely anemic and I wasn't functioning. Um, and I think, I think I saw a meme and it said something like, what thoughts are you feeding? And I realized all I had been feeding was sick, running to doctor to doctor, pills to pills and not looking at my life. And I literally, honestly, that day made the decision. I'm not going to be sick. And I just slowly tapered off of everything. And here I am now. I'm not bedridden. And I'm not what you call. You know, like, I just made the conscious decision that I didn't need to live life this way. I'm not saying that's for everyone. But 
I, I realized that and my fourth death experience, you know, confirmed all of that because it was all about the power of words and thoughts and the emotions behind them, how they manifest reality. So it, it only it only um, cemented, you know, my um, thoughts and abilities as as what some would call a healer. I call it a remembrance guide of remembering who and what you are and how to heal yourself. Mm. Um, but so the, it, it's been it's been a road. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I, I will honestly say the thing that opened me up fully opened me. I think I had a 2019 experience uh, with um, Christ consciousness, what I call Yeshua. He started to speak to me and um, about to call him Yeshua. He wasn't Jesus is what he said. And that um, I, I was his sister, you know, uh, we were equal. He didn't want to be worshipped, and that we were capable of doing these things. That's the whole reason he came here to show us. That that's just my experience. However, you want to take it. No, I had. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll I'll say it after. Go ahead, go ahead. But what happened was like I was shown Earth from the molten core and how it became to being and how I came into it. Like it, I've been here since you know the elements started with Earth and that energies, and I've had that confirmed. You know, um. And just the progression of it. And and by the time it was over, I, I felt like I was going to have this Lucy moment where I become, disappear and become one with anything, everything. I call it after the movie Lucy, if you've ever seen it. No, absolutely. But, <laughs> yeah. So I literally was like that. I told him, you have to stop. I, I can't, you know, it was just this huge download of stuff. And, and, I, and I saw how like earth developed and how the free will choices and that what we were choosing and how it created this and, and how the whole thing was um, basically hijacked from where it was supposed to be and what it was supposed to be by our free will choices and things that we allowed. And like that accountability, I would, I've never ugly cried so terribly. Like mm. I felt like I was in the, pre well, you know, it was the actual, but like the presence of God and you're this person going, I messed up your creation. I'm so sorry. Cause I connected to all everything, you know? And um, I remember too, that's when I first like connected to trees. I called them the sentinels. There was these three big trees at the edge of our property. And like, I just felt they were all trying to share their knowledge and their things and showing me how it could be. And um, so that was very um, opening as far as understanding that. But as far as my clear ability, um, it was when I got my Reiki attunements because I'm a Reiki master teacher and uh, yeah. And that's when it, like my medical intuitive fully came back. I started hearing body parts and organs speak to me. They had voices, they had consciousness, they were complaining. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, I've only met one other intuitive recently um, uh, through work uh, that I interviewed that um, sees and hears like I do, mm. you know, these like the stuff we build up through lifetimes as this sludge that's what they show it to me as you know so that was very profound for me because then I realized hey you know the body has a consciousness of its own separate from ours and it's a symbiotic relationship and how I speak to it how I speak to the world the choices I make um it's affected it also helped me understand grief because even though I'd had these death experiences and I know we're eternal and we're energy and all of these things, the physical body doesn't get it. It mourns the vibration of the voice, the touch, all of those things. You still have to let it grieve. It's the one that hangs on to all of that, the mm. physical manifestation. 
you know, so it helped me understand so much once I had that understanding about our bodies, you know, and now when I do sessions, sometimes, you know, the body will go through like a half hour. It wants to point out every injury it's ever had that you did not validate me. <laughs> it's hilarious. Sometimes. I don't mean funny, but I, it's just like, and people feel like, well, yeah, I did that when I was 12. I'm like, well, your body wants you to know it felt it. and just wants that validation that it was hurt. <laughs> mm. You know, we don't realize, you know, plus, you know, with, with the being that type of healer, you know, um, you don't realize that like, there's just all these zillions of energy centers that you, to me, when I go through people's energies, it's, it's like this encapsulated thing in your energy center. So like you might've got hurt by someone that said something very derogatory to you when you were five and didn't know how to process it. Right. And your body, it'll get, it'll get trapped up in your shoulder. I mean, it's, it's bizarre, but you know, these things stay unless we forgive and release and forgive ourselves. So, um, it's kind of like releasing these trauma bubbles, I call them, you know, um, within the energy centers. Um, I do a lot of portal and vortex work. Um, I find there's a lot of bleed through, through timelines and things. Um, especially right now, they, they tell me that we're going through a living life review. So we have the opportunity to get rid of all of that sludge naturally. Cause people are like, I can't find the pinpoint. Why am I feeling this crappy? Why am I seeing all these things or having these weird dreams? Like I'm living these other lives. All that stuff is trying to be processed and released emotionally. Mm. And I'm rambling, but this is just something that they really want people aware of right now. Um, that may not be as in tune with themselves and wondering what's going on with me, <laughs> but, but that's what I was shown. So, you know, I always say take what resonates, but, um, so with that, you know, it's really open to a lot of things. Like when I do the portal work, like past lives will be like, oh, they get this ability from me. They get it. I call them other, other lives or other timelines. I don't go in the past, present, future per se, because through my experiences, I came, became more what I call multidimensional. So in the void of creation, everything's going on at once. So if, if you're in that state of consciousness, you see backwards, forwards, everything in that sense and i was even told by um someone and they're like you know this already don't you but the reason i have that capability is to be at the right place the right time for souls and it happens to me all the time being in the divine flow i'll be like i'm supposed to go to the store today no we're supposed to stop here first and, it, and it'll always be to help someone connect something i have beautiful stories like that like can i share one there was one that was really profound and, and I get why my husband chose to go with me this day. Cause it was just as much for him as for me and why I'm a big advocate about mental health. Um, there was this day we went out and I was going to stop at the gas station at the edge of town on the way in. I'm like, no, it doesn't feel right. So I went into town instead. And so on the way back, we, we finally stopped. Well, there's a lady, she came running up to us. She had this stack of files in her hand. She's like, I am schizophrenic. I need your help. Can you take me down to the clinic? I'm having an episode. I don't know where. I don't even know where she came from. This is the weirdest part. Well, my husband has been diagnosed with schizophrenia, right? And But I've since found out, you know, like he's very in tune. He's helped connect a lot of things for me, for people, you know, yeah. But so it's near and dear to my heart in that sense. And so my husband's like, I'll hop in the backseat. Get her in here. We'll take her. Oh, wow. You know, came to see that. And then she's talking all the spiritual stuff that like I have kind of talked, except she's putting it in a lot more religious context, uh, you know, and we took her to the clinic because that's the same one he goes to. And 
And um, when she left, he's like, there's nothing wrong with that lady or what she's talking about. The only thing wrong with her is she's way over medicated. He's like, I am so thankful for you because I stepped in on a lot of that stuff, you know, um, not in time. He had a lot of, you know, um, issues before that. Cause I was unaware at that time, you know, when they first were diagnosing him with that. Um, anyway, but you know, for him to see that all play out and for someone else to say the things I do uh, about realities and stuff and for him to even, it was kind of almost a validation for me as well, that like, he does hear me when I talk about these things, you know, and he's experienced them himself a lot and he's had NDEs and everything else, but he, he was always very scientific. He has a genius IQ, you know, all of these things. So it's like, it may be there, but I came here to experience earth this time. So I always respect that and try not to feed him all this stuff. And, you know, and like, I have family members too that, um, you know, have all their pre-birth memories that they never like lost their connection, mm. but they're like, I just came here to scout or I just came here to observe. I'm not supposed to do the work you're doing this lifetime. You know, they're very aware. So, you know, my whole family has had experiences and things like that. Um, so Betty, our, our mutual friend always says, you know, like, how do you go out and be normal when your family's so in tune? Like we don't, <laughs> like we'll, we'll end up having conversations with people or helping people and people either like, give us a wide berth depending on the energy they're carrying or like they want in they're like eavesdropping in <laughs> but you know us for us to have a normal outing just doesn't happen wow. um but yeah so it's made life very interesting but those are kind of the, the key points that i think um but my understanding has come being you know um one of my aspects is like a shaman you know so i have that understanding and the quantum space that I'm able to go to. And um, I understand energies now that like, there are obviously, you know, some that these experiences can mentally fracture them, right? But others, you know, um, I have found where it's just what I call personality complexes. We, from my experience, we take a collection of like, complexes of our oversoul that help us during this life and so what i see happening in some people is these other aspects come in for something they're trying to go forward to um have to com accomplish and they're coming in to help with these abilities but they're not being um assimilated i guess or however you want i don't know good term for that properly they're not in alignment so then they're being heard as external voices or different things and i'm not saying every instance is this but so it's always very important to me that you know whenever i hear this i'm always like check with a doctor check with a shaman <laughs> you know <laughs> but you know in that sense because you know um there's always an, an alignment thing and i found that um i'm a big advocate of that and I think it's so beautiful, too, that the medical and the psychiatric community is coming up with that. In fact, I got to meet the doctor that um, literally got it put in the ICD-9 thing where it's a spiritual diagnosis. Oh, like they're wow. Not mental, they're having a spiritual. So that that is in, in the ICD-9 diagnosis now. Wow. So I'm so happy that we're making these type of progresses where... You know, and we have a lot of, you know, 
those type of therapists coming to our, our various spiritual groups to learn more and to know what that looks like so they can help their patients more. And I'm just so happy to be alive in a space and time where we're making this kind of progress. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I wasn't even aware of that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I related to so much of the things you were saying, like, but, you know, obviously I didn't want to interrupt you, but oh, uh, you're fine. <laughs> I love having a conversation. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But uh, one thing that stood out to me was when you talked about like the earth being hijacked, right? Because recently I, I started having over the past, I don't know, months, I started having all these visions of like ancient things. Right. And, mm -hmm. and even seeing myself to me, feeling pretty, pretty clear that that was me, right? And me being this being, right? Like, uh, you know, I, see, I'm even still feeling comfortable, like getting comfortable telling people like, well, I haven't told anybody actually, but you know, well, let me first ask you, and before I even go mm -hmm. into that, let me first <laughs> ask you. So who do you think hijacked because that? I saw myself as this being arguing with other beings, almost like I was trying to stand up for the human people here. And I was this other being and I was having an argument like with like that, like almost like, it, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of maybe when they wanted to let the that flood, the famous flood, the, the great. <laughs> and I was trying to like, know, and it reminded me of like, you know, like, cause even that it, in the Bible, like they don't realize that it, because I had read about that, you know, in the Sumerian text that, that predates the Bible, all that stuff, or that's where, just where they got it from, where they talk about like, even the story of Noah, right? But his name was like this long name, but it was like this being one of them that that warned Noah and told him, hey, get your family out, boom, the earth is about to, because these other beings had decided to kind of cause all of this, right? And all this. So, it, I mean, it's really similar to the, to the biblical story, just, you know, predates it. And it seems like that's where the Bible took that story from, right? Um, so it kind of had that feeling to it. Like, here I am arguing like trying to stand up for humans and and they weren't having like you know they weren't having it right like so when you talked about hijack what exactly um like what did you see at, in regards to like who hijacked it well you know in that particular instance i just knew like our free will choices had put us somewhere different but i had to be on concept hypnosis and um mm. session and in it it showed me as like the elemental or they called them elementals. They, in the sense of each emotion that goes into creation is considered an elemental. So I was love and um, like they, they showed my husband as <laughs> envy. And it was interesting because I recently found out from someone else's experience, like emotion, there was angels named after like these emotions. So I'm not sure, but I was holding in it, I was holding what appeared to be earth. And I was like looking into it. Like I was holding this energy that was the earth construct in my hands. And there was these other creators that were like peering through a portal at earth. Right. And they had these hoods on and they, and they were looking at it. And, um, I remember in my band quantum hypnosis, I started to cry because I had created this perfect version of earth with peace and love and all of these things and they said no that wouldn't work that couldn't happen so they started putting all of these like darker emotions into it they said there needed to be balance and i was so upset so they said that 
and I had another experience where I'll get into of this, but that I put all of these aspects, fractals of myself, of love into all timelines and everything. I put myself into my own creation is what they said. Um, and this is my higher self during this hypnosis, um, you know, to help balance this and bring the earth back into balance. But unbeknownst to me, because we have, you know, this time differentiation, um, how long that would take. <laughs> right. Because um, they told me like 2012, 20, this like all this truth would be coming to light and like we would be having the awareness that we do now and all this kind of thing. But like some people wouldn't be able to handle it. It would literally fracture their mind as more and more things they thought were myth, legend or biblical came to be or awareness that they were true and all of these things. But anyway, so in this quantum hypnosis, I talked about that. And I mean, like I was crying because I couldn't believe what they did to this creation um, and, and, and why they'd want to do that. But I said it was because they were envious of my creation. Mm. I don't know. Um, but you know, that was just an aspect of love, you know, like I, I, I believe I was just tapping into all of that. Um, but in, in one of my, the reason I asked and might've triggered that during my hypnosis. Cause one of the things I think I asked about, like one of my experiences, they showed me on this, you know, like neon blue grid. And at every cross point of this grid, there was a version of me going out into infinity. And, um, and they showed, and then they switched and showed me like, there was all these, you know, uh, animal aspects as well of, of me, you know, like, uh, or, and, um, so that kind of validated what they told me there. Like they showed me all these virgins and I couldn't figure out why there was all of these me's. <laughs> and what was interesting about the blue grid, blue grid experience is like, she was in like what we would call almost like a medical robe. And she looked like me, like when I was young, because when I was young, she had white blonde hair, like this pure being, you know, um, like she was just. I mean, how you would probably say somebody looks angelic, like porcelain skin, the, the, the white blonde, you know, like, but she was wearing this like white robe, <laughs> but going into, like I said, infinity. For that experience so um what i was given in the understandings of that through various stes you know and things was you know um that all of these aspects were put back in here to create an energetic balance um to bring us back to the frequency like eden's been here all along it's the free will choices and the things <laughs> that were put into it that that dropped it right um so we were and other things i've learned later you know that we are trying to slowly get us back in the, the correct timeline hence all the mandela effects like after my ndes i have like a 76 percent on the mandela test of things i know i saw in person like the ellis island and all these other things if you've ever taken that test you know, so there's incremental things, but sometimes it's a huge jump, you know, like for some people with NDEs, they've come back and people they knew existed no longer exist, things like that. You know, I, I haven't had any major ones other than like I, and people have confirmed this, like I had a fourth son, even my daughter remembers him, but we don't, you know, but that's, you know, one of the major fourth child. I mean, that was 
her younger brother. And I remember this. She remembers this, but it doesn't exist in this timeline. So I'm just saying like, but as these timelines shift and, and we jump frequencies and different things, um, you know, so there's not always, you know, uh, I, I think when, if we lock yourself in a box and think this is the only reality, this is the only thing, what I'm talking about, it seems like, but um, to me, it's always a frequency choice. Um, and you can drop or go higher, you know, it, you're never like locked into one. What they showed me is that like, we're all, we create our own timeline in that sense. And it weaves in and out with others as almost like a quantum entanglement. They, 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 they give me the explanation of like a color form, you know, how color form, it gives you the whole backdrop. And so we all have the backdrop of earth, but what we're creating here is of our, our, our thought system, what we choose to experience as a collective and individually. Um, like some people don't talk about this, but you know, that's, that, that's how, you know, when we want to talk about like people interfering with how reality plays out, you know, there's many levels on this planet that understand how it works and how it's created. Um, I haven't watched news since 2001. Let's mm. put it that way. Wow. I think like that because what you feed your mind, you create. At the same exactly. time, you know, uh, people get really triggered when I say in the void of creation, the chicken and the egg exist at the same time. Say that again. Say that again. Time. The chicken and the egg were created at the same time in the oh. void of creation. And yeah. that's literally how it works. You know, so if you think it, you've already created it. Mm. So it's at the same time. So let's so if I let's say I wanted you to think this and I say this and you hear this repeatedly. You know, that's why they call it programming, you know, or conditioning, you know, like, so as a collective, we've been conditioned to believe certain things, you know, because it's been taught to us over and over generation and generation, right? It doesn't mean it's the truth. It just becomes our truth. That's why I say there's many layers of truth. <laughs> and, and that's how I see reality because of my experiences of how they showed me things are created. And, and, you know, um, so you feel that <laughs> no no go ahead if you can finish your because i was just oh, gonna go, no, so go I, back I was to just the hijacking yeah. thing like did um <laughs> no well i mean you were shown right that it was it was um these other uh okay for like there's nothing i i haven't like experienced in some right. way so that's why yeah you can <laughs> talk about anything yeah. like but someone yeah. Someone recently asked me, like, if I believed in, in time travel or something. And, you know, I, of course, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because, see, you know, like, that was my first thing, premonitions, right? I could date it to when I was five years old. And so how is it possible that I see the few more than anything, I believe that, like, um, like, that it already exists. So outside of here, time isn't real right and, and so that's how i look at it or like it, it gets weird because right i've seen in the past i've seen in the future so my brain is was already there like trying to understand okay how is it possible that i did i dream the future unless it already exists so that that would make it more scientific it's not really this spiritual thing wow somehow because then my conscience traveled to the future saw that and then came back to this body and gave me that glimpse unless outside of here it really isn't a future. It's like, so it just, yeah, right? <laughs> you could keep going. What's, and, and it gets very complicated for yeah, the human yeah. mind to like 
you know, my husband, when, sometimes when I would get these huge channels and I'm like, I have to say it out loud or this person won't remember it. Right. And he'd be like, Whoa, that's too much for me. <laughs> you know, like that's, you know, like, and like the string theory and things like that, you know, or, you know, and then he kind of understood me because there's that one experiment, like how atoms react when they're being observed versus not. observed. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So when he watched that, then he's like, oh, I get it now, you know, and, and, and so, you know, for me and my understanding, what little I have, I say anybody that claims to know everything knows nothing, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we come here to re-experience and relearn, and that's that's the miracle of it is to get to relive the magic of it, and not know everything, right? Um, but from from my understanding of it, yeah, you know, everything exists. Like when I when I walk people through, like sometimes if they've never had any energy work where they uh, healed their fractures in their timelines because every choice or a trauma or um energetic decision you know looks like a splinter it's almost like the tree of life it looks like a splinter when i go through people's energy i'm like at five or six this happened to you something there was a major choice or trauma like a, a, a change a major change yes you know like they'll show me because that's like where your timeline starts to splinter you know especially at five or six i find a lot of people do because then they're off to school they're exposed to other thoughts and other people you know but or it's traumatic to them to see that there's this difference like I'm, they're no longer in their universe right mm, yeah. <laughs> so um it, it's interesting so what they showed me and literally one i i can even share an experience where literally in real time they, they showed me like how i'm constantly choosing whichever version of a timeline i want want to experience like a rolodex we do it all the time just not consciously right mm. by our decisions and what emotions we're choosing right if you're not having a loving thought you're going to experience suffering it's just how it happens you know Mm. you're choosing um a certain vibration so there was this one time um i'll I'll just share this me and my daughter my my daughter's also an ngeer and and has had abilities since yeah never lost them and um so we were coming home um from the city and i had had like a weird vision that really unsettled me like two weeks before of like this fiery crash and i remember in this crash you know um they were telling me i was okay but i was looking back at the car the fact that they were burnt up i'm like no we died i'm not okay they're like you're okay just come with us Mm. you know so it was this really bizarre experience so i was already edgy about going out right and um so we were leaving and all of a sudden both me and my daughter were like deer and we both freaked out she's like mom i'm just gonna put like a the white light like a cone of protection she's like Cause something's going on if we're both saying deer and so she did that so then we were really hyper vigilant about what was on the road and everything else and um we we took a turn off to go home and we both literally saw what I would call a ghost deer, because it was like this much above the normal timeline, wow. literally crossed in front of us, but it wasn't solid. It just <laughs> crossed. It was like, oh, so we were supposed to hit it in this timeline. This one, it's going to, you know, um, but it freaked us out. I mean, to see that in front of your own eyes is like, whoa. And um, a good friend of mine was having similar experiences with like these timelines. And we were with them at the same time. Um, so there was a lot of that going on where, um they wanted me to have that awareness that, you know, it is a constant choice and it can be altered. Um, because this is the weird thing. She almost got an accident. 
And this is before they left. They, they went to like run one of the kids home or something. And before they left, I said to them, I said, now you stay safe now, this and that, which I don't normally do. But I said something really weird to the second oldest. I said, you know, just remember, like everything is your choice. Even when bad things happen, you don't have to choose for them to happen. I forget. I said something really weird along that line. Right. Mm. And so she went to take them home. And all of a sudden, the youngest of her children started um, writing this weird stuff. And some of it was code and some of it was words. And um, while they were out, they almost got hit. But she literally like their their uh, their vehicle like literally moved to the side like they should have crashed and all this stuff. And so they were freaking out like how the heck did this happen? And she said she like saw everything in slow-mo for a few minutes, right? And, um, but when they got home, the youngest said something like he knew what had happened. And then we looked at what he was writing and he was writing this stuff and like writing codes, but also writing like something about where they were and, you know, like not for it to happen. I forget exactly what it was now because this was a few years back. So then it gave me that awareness, like, you know, um, things can always be altered. You can always choose something different. Right. And so since my other experiences um, that I've had and being pulled out of body and different things for messages, um, one of the things I understand and how they give me information is everything is in like technical terms. Like it's all in um, like there's fiber optic cables, there's, there's the... They, they they talk about everything in light codes. Like yeah. there's literally codes um, that create everything. And like, they have me, like when I work with people, like some people I activate or give codes. Other ones they've taken on codes that don't belong to them that are not in alignment with their energetic system that I have to remove. You know, um, one of, uh, um, I think it was right after the quantum hypnosis and remembering this, um, I think it was the next day. I I woke up while I was downloading these the, these golden codes the zero 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 something something were all downloading in front of my eyes, and they're like just stay calm we're almost done they like were filling me full of all of these codes that glowed, and um which is really cool because like people that I've activated since are now getting these codes you know what I mean, um or holding codes for other people and my understanding that they gave me is like. That's why each of us kind of plan to meet or different people have different codes or different upgrades for different people. It's almost like carrying a flash drive. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. exactly. And, and they, but they, they use everything technical. Like they said, I'm a grid architect. And so they show, like I've had many experiences seeing the different forms of grids, the honeycomb, the, the new one that's coming in, which is the violet grid, that blue one that I mentioned, which is the original grid. Um, and 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 all the work that gets done like that it's very much like i guess you would say tron i always try to compare things to movies because i think somebody said it was like tron to give people an analogy or something visual that they can relate to um so that is very very interesting um because they often give me the uh context of simulation some people Mm -hmm. get upset with that um, it's very real, but it's a way to be physical and experience the senses and create within your own, you know, how I said I put myself into my own creation. It's a way to experience the things that you create, right? And so um, from my understanding, you know, they talk, 
they presented almost like a holodeck. Like this is the avatar. My fourth near death experience. They said it was a vehicle and they were trying to teach me how to restart my vehicle because it had obviously stopped. Mm. Um, and I had to do a systems check is what they called it. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, the other thing that they gave me was not everybody's here the same. Some are human souls. Some are projected consciousness uh, from various places of and and even times you know um and they've, they've shown me that like a lot of galactics you know what other people might call et or other races from other universes other timelines you know have come here to um like i know personally i answered the call of gaia it wasn't for the people of gaia but her and the planet and her um what's indigenous to this planet you know um, and I've had some recent validation about that, you know, through others who have gotten this similar knowledge. So it was that that was really big for me because I felt so alone. Like, am I the only one getting this understanding and this, you know, um, because in my beyond quantum hypnosis, I had uh, many lifetimes as a Sasquatch. And I understand that that's where my ability to open port portals and vortexes because they're a multidimensional being but they are the indigenous being of this planet they belong to earth that's that was the natural ascension of us before it was altered you know what i mean so i understand these things but trying to tell other people that <laughs> i don't know how much that would flow <laughs> no uh, uh you know i think i don't i i'm almost a hundred percent Sure, I put it in my book. I've 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 seen uh you know what they call Sasquatch, Bigfoot. So, but see the tribe that I I will go to ceremony with, you know I can't necessarily say anything about it, but you know they're familiar with, you know why most native. I'm sure you could go on YouTube and you'll see so many native tribes have stories of Bigfoot, Sasquatch. So, uh, I had a connection. That's why I feel he appeared because yeah, it was like. That day I was in such a high vibration. I was just grateful. I was just in a whole nother vibration. I was up in the mountains. And so that's why I feel on that day. It was like, yeah, if I was just this pure being myself, even in this physical body and boom, it appeared. And I was like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it was just beautiful. It's beautiful. Right. And then, and then it was gone. Right. So I was like, you know, and then you try to call, then the human comes in like, did I really, I'm, I'm not, I didn't really see that. Nah, I, I couldn't have, you know. But then after, I think that same week, I think that same week I found this huge footprint, right? And it was in this place that like, I can't see because it was at the steep part of the mountain. And I was like, I can't see someone walking barefooted up here. Like at first I thought it was a bear print because I just saw the first half and then I saw it extended. And I was like, wait a second, ain't no way someone, someone was walking up here barefoot on this part of the mountain. Like, no way. Like, I just couldn't see it. So I was like, all right. So it was like confirmation for me. Okay, I really did see what I saw within that same week. Oh, and at that time, there had been a fire. So they had closed the mountain. So there was a lot less traffic, a lot less people. And, of course, I didn't listen. I was like, you're not going to stop. I'm going to go on my hike no matter what. <laughs> you know, so. I was back there and I think I ran into one person that day on the hiking trail, right? There was just one person. So I was like, okay, that's probably why I saw, you know, there wasn't a lot of traffic. So, so that's probably why also, you know, the Bigfoot uh, appeared. Um, 
What was I and I think that's why I had I had Bigfoot experiences uh, on that 191 acres. Um, you know, and I didn't even realize some of the things my family had seen were Bigfoot because, you know, I didn't realize it and we didn't have that knowledge back then that the big orbs that they were seeing because, mm. you know, in their interdimensional state, they travel in these like big orbs. And my family had seen those. They thought, it, you know, they related it to ET stuff, which I did also have. But I'm just saying, like, um, and there was a time my brothers were freaking out because they were trappers and something literally broke down the trees way up high. Like they just scattered the trees. And now, you know, I've, I've learned that, you know, they break them and towards the roadway and that's what they did. I mean, they did it around every trap that my brothers tried to set. So mm. they were freaking out. And, and, and I saw it with my own eyes because they made me and my mom hop in the truck. Come look at this. There's no way what happened here. And um, my dad and I, one night, um, we heard pounding. It felt like on the top of the house. And he's like, it's them. Mm. You know, I'm like, uh, you know, I was scared. I was hiding. You know, but the next day, you know, the next morning we went out and there was these giant footprints, like you said, in our drive. Because we had like a clay driveway, you know, because like I told you, it used to be a quarry. So it sunk, you know, but so they were maybe bigger, but there was one set of large and then the others were smaller. So, so you know, probably. Absolutely. So you. So let me tell you, let me ask you this. Why do these beings to some people appear in a more aggressive way? Because every time, see, I like even that when I saw I had I found no fear. I felt like this good energy or when I've had like the star people appear, it's always a good energy. So to someone, they appear to them in that way. Why is it? Is it like do you take it as it's kind of like because you're still appearing to them. So it's like, OK, you're getting to see something that not a lot of people get to see. So. Why are they appearing? Is it to warn or like, what, what is it? What is it? Why do they appear that way to some people in a more aggressive? Well, way? more aggressive. I'm not sure. I mean, I know from my understanding from people like, you know, Mike Patterson and stuff like that, that, wow. you know, have direct inter interaction, you know, um, they've never told me, but I, you know, um, they have emotions and, and I'm sure if people are disrespecting the land or the natural nature, you know, um, this is their home. This is indigenous. I mean, if anyone has a right to be here, it's them. So, you know, and in my understanding, which is terrible, like it to say in that sense, but what I have been shown since the beginning, even when I came back at seven for my thing is that like, um, the beings of this planet were meant to be symbiotic with it. Humans, the human homo sapien version didn't have that symbiosis they're more parasitic on the, as far as the energy that like they take but they don't complete the divine circuit is what they've shown me this a lot how to be this divine conduit to complete this energetic circuit so that we're not drawing from the energies of the planet but our own soul energy and our soul connection you know and and so you know i can understand where they they want to help us because a lot of us are actually they have the understanding that I do, that we are hybridized. Like, we, if we were left alone to evolve, we would be Sasquatch. But, you know, um, and so they have that affinity towards us, but they also don't tolerate <laughs> ones that are not behaving accordingly, you know, and in taking care of the planet, I guess. You know, I, I that's my proposition i mean like i told you look what they did to our traps you know like you're not hunting here you know yeah. kind of thing you know 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, so what else? What else was I gonna ask you? So you said your daughter had an ND as well. Do you mind sharing about that, or or is that more personal to her, or would you mind sharing about her? Oh experience? well, you know, like I think my son did it at birth. He was born blue. My daughter, oh. uh, she had two, two instances. One she calls more of an out of body where she was kind of saved. I I don't get into those like in. Um, out of respect for her um but but she had one where she almost died by fire and one by drowning mm. at wow. a young age um and um yeah and my other one was born my my youngest is just born and connected she she never lost it um mm. as pre-birth in between life memory planning memory i mean she's, she's got she has all that wow see and i think that's how i was born but I think just the environment made me close it off, made me disconnect. And then at some point it started getting brought back, you know, and at first it was, uh, I guess probably when I was songwriting, doing that, and then it was just all the messages, things would come out. And back then, right. There was no Google or YouTube. Right. I would make out these words and I knew to go look at the encyclopedia and you know, that the encyclopedia is from A to Z. So I would know, like track it down make out the word like i'm saying something with this look it up and there it will be and i would be, right yep you know ancient places so i'd be like how do i even know about this, know this. place yeah yeah and my my daughter's kind of funny because she usually sees like everything's days my youngest uh, my oldest always makes sure i clarify which one but my youngest daughter like everything um she's always in deja vu. So she always usually knows about 10 minutes before. And my children are all very telepathic. Um, and so, and that's honestly why my son was delayed. We found out later because, and, and this is the hard part about, not hard, but interesting part about raising children with abilities because um, I got called into the school. This is how we figured it out because he was reading the teacher's thoughts and telling her and, and telling her it's okay. This won't happen. You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah and, but then I knew why he was you know um because he thought everybody could communicate that way that's why he was nonverbal. he didn't get that we couldn't you know his sister could hear him but we couldn't wow. you know like like I wasn't as aware then you know because I always wondered how they would like he'd be downstairs doing this they were like Irish twins like he'd distract me and she'd be there but yet they knew what each other was doing and what we were supposed to do I mean like sometimes I even said this in my fourth death experience like human means the dits like how did I not put this all together knowing what I know or my own experiences at the time, you know, but I was just so during that time, I was so busy trying to raise three young children. They're all like a year and a half apart. You know, I, I was so caught up in, in that and, and and not in a spiritual state of being, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I was oblivious of some of the things that I, sh now I look back and go face palm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, so and my youngest is always funny in, in this sense because she'll be like, oh, yeah, mom, I was just waiting for you to remember. You know, like she remembers these things, but oh, she won't wow. tell me until I start bringing it up. <laughs> and then she'll tell me about it. So and that's funny, funny because I, I wonder, like, why? See, sometimes the same how you said facepalm, like, why was the environment that unwelcoming that I just completely? Because now, I, remember, I mean, I used to the same, right? I would talk to who we call the creator, God, have these conversations. That was my imaginary friend, like source itself. Like I didn't have like a, you know, a, a spirit imaginary friend here. I would talk directly to source. That's why it was even hard when the religion and about like, like kind of how everybody started worshiping Jesus. It didn't make sense to me because it was almost like, well, I connect directly. 
<laughs> with sores. So, and but even by his own words, where he says, like, don't pray to me, say our father who art in heaven, this, even the way he taught. So it just didn't make sense to me. And so I guess that's why Jesus, like the way, you know, he's appeared to so many people. He never appeared to me because I, I was already talking to like, you know, so, so that, right. Like I, I'd never really, but I, I, I acknowledged them. I never did, you know, I never wanted to disrespect them in any way or this and that, but it was more kind of like how you said when he came to you and he was like, oh, you're like, you know, we're, you know, nobody's, a, it's just like that. That's yeah. kind of how I saw it. Right. Like, and there's been mm -hmm. so many that brought the messages like Jesus. So, that's kind of since I was little. And then somewhere you just start disconnecting and 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 I guess they had to give me those jolts in life, you know, the car accident and another car accident and this. I almost drowned when I was little, but I didn't actually get to that point. My my cousin jumped in and rescued me. So I always had a lot of little close calls, you know, so I don't know. That kind of kept me. Wake up, Omar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If it kind of kept me like right there, right? Like knowing something's or just acknowledging that something um, like how you said when someone was driving and it was like, how did we miss that? Yesterday, the 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 man I interviewed, who was a medium, um, he said out when he was little and, you know, they wouldn't build bike ramps that he flew and it was like something literally grabbed them in the air and put them down. And so everyone was like, whoa, how'd you do that? All his friends were like, how'd you do that? And he was like, no, nah, something <laughs> grabbed me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and But they were like, we didn't see anything. And they're he's like, no, something grabbed me from the mm -hmm. air. And I had that where I, I was going to crash. And I have a friend that would always tell this story. He's like, oh, I don't know, the car was spinning. And I literally felt it because I was behind the wheel. So I felt like this huge hand just grabbed the car and turned right? it. Yeah, like, and it was okay. raining, and all you see is the car lights as my car was spinning through. <laughs> yeah, like something just grabbed it and boom, straightened it out. You know, <laughs> I had one accident like that too. And literally, when I got out, um, my friend was driving. It was raining, and it was this curve, and we spun out and went in the field. But I was like, "How do we do that? We just only we just like bump from here to there." And the people running up, and I do know this from living there. They're like, "People don't crash here and live." Oh, <laughs> like wow. ever, oh, you know. Wow. So I do know what you mean. But that divine intervention, you know, what, what I call angelic moments, um, I want to share two with you because um, my daughter's experience with the fire, I can say it from my the experience part that I of it because um, she was being watched by um, my aunt and my brother. Well, when I got there, my brother's like, I don't know how it happened. I shouldn't have been able to move that fast to catch her. And we both should have been burned. And how that happened so fast, it was like like one of those things. Like it something just shooshed him and shooshed him back. He's like, he was visibly shaken. And my brother is like a he's one of these big bad macho kind of guys, wow. you know. So, you know, he was shaken. And this other time that I was shaken, because um I had this giant china cabinet. Um and I'm not even sure how it got knocked over. My daughter was sitting next to it. I don't know if the chair hit it just right or what, but it went to crash and it should have hit my son. Mm. But there was this white blur, you know, of light just went and he was across the room. Like I thought he was under it and here he's over there and there was no way. Like I saw it and I was so shook it up. I called my husband's work and I, I made him come home because two, I couldn't move. There was glass literally everywhere. All of our wedding china, everything was, it imploded over the, the whole room right wow. and here i am with three kids how can i clean that up with three little babies and uh so yeah but 
I literally saw him just like be transported to the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, those, you know, and, and, you know, the after death communication from my mom, I, I like to bring this up sometimes just for people to have an understanding. Um, she died at 61 from cancer, but oh. her after death communication was like, she chose that way to die. So we'd have more time to reconcile her death and it wouldn't be such a soul trauma. Mm. Plus she said she could help us more in the spiritual work that we're all supposed to do from that side rather than this one. So she aids a lot and adds a lot of energy or sometimes the spirits like, you know, I have mediumship, you know, like if they're not strong enough to connect, she will be that battery, so to speak and things like that. Um, But that, but that, you know, that, that was all planned for her. Um, but one of the things that um, she says, you know, um, is that we are always safe and always divinely protected. And I remember I was it was one of the first interviews that never aired that I was supposed to do. And it was a medium that was interviewing me. But before it was supposed to start, my mom came through with all this stuff and it rattled her so much and me that I think, that, you know, she never ended up releasing it because she. Yeah. What was interesting is because my mom was showing her like how divinely protected I was and she had never seen anything like that. She's like, because they kept showing her with this giant, me with this giant umbrella and like storms and destruction, everything around me, like that it could not harm me. She wanted me to know that no matter what was going on in the world, it couldn't harm me that I had to finish my task and stay on my purpose, blah, 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 that I was divinely protected. Like nothing could touch me. And it, it like, to me, the lady was visibly shaking. She's like, so I, I, I don't know, but um, it was rather interesting to me. And she does come through and remind me of that. And the other thing she constantly wants to remind me and everyone is, you know, to um, find your joy. Mm. You know, um, in that moment of joy, you're you're experiencing the world. You are not creating. Mm. that sense you know that's the level of detachment you know to enjoy this story that we were meant to have you know playing these roles as they say to me you know they very much even have pulled me from my body to show like I'm not the story this is the story of Lorelai this is what she's doing here you know my NDEs are not my story some people then that becomes their story you know um that's not who I am you know my consciousness is here and experiencing it but it's not who i am at the core of my being does that mm. make sense oh absolutely i mean you know i guess i was able to have a a glimpse into that or an understanding early on because even as a as an artist i had my artist name right so mm. i was already this artist's name and then i had another artist's name and then i had another aka so it's like and that was common like you know what, and the kind of music I was doing, like the hip hop music, there were people with like 10 different aliases. So we would, you know, you see like how so many people and then to friends, I was called another thing. And then, you know, so everywhere you just call it. So, I, you know, there was even a time when I was like, how, like, man, I should have like a, you know, kind of like a mental breakdown from because, you know, I would have to be one way when I was around like my girlfriend that I was with. I had to be one way. At work, I had to be one way when I was doing this stuff. So it was like, you know, it was just weird. And it wasn't like someone trying to, like, put on a fake persona. It was just different environments that you had to, like, okay, 
have to be this way here. I have to be this way here. I have to be this way here. So it was just adapting. It was it wasn't like trying to be like any anything fake that you weren't. It was just having to adapt to all these situations at that time in my life. And I was able to do it, you know. So I get how this would be a role because see, so this is one of the things I've had since I, they always show me the message, like the universal message inside of this creation. Yes. So I so I always <laughs> see it. Yeah, I get to see it here. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so the one thing they really stress with me, and that's like when I came back, because in my 2019 experience, you know, I was supposed to start speaking my truth. And they wanted, you know, they showed me all this stuff about I was supposed to travel to do different stuff and speak about this and all these different things. And I was like, no, 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 I'm this hermit on the hill, Midwest housewife. No, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this, you know, and then I had my fourth death experience and they're like, well, you know, um, I've only, I, I've since met people that have had this where they said, you know, basically like you came back to speak this, you know, you're no longer this role. This is not what you were supposed to be doing. You know, um, you came back to speak your truth. If you're not going to, you don't need to be here. You're redundant. We sent you here to do this. This was, you know, the agreement, you know, you, you went back to do this. Um, and so, you know, what was it? 2021, when I finally started, um, speaking about the things that had happened to me, but the main thing, you know, that they stressed is authenticity and mm. in, in everything, as long as you are in that authentic flow, you know, um, and speaking the truth from your experiences, you know, um, that's what they asked me to do. Um, <clears throat> that's another reason like they, you know, um, I only read or maybe see what I'm guided to. Like, I don't watch all these, uh, videos on NGEs and, and I don't read these spiritual books. You know, there's been a few excerpt, excerpts, excuse me, here and there that I've seen or have been guided to or that, or they show me, like, I remember, um, even the Bible, I haven't really read that. Um, even though I grew up Catholic, I'm sure they taught us various verses here, but like, I think it was revelations I read just cause they guided me to it once. And there was this one time and, and the more I go on my journey, the more it makes sense that they woke me up numerous times throughout the night and in the morning so that I would remember this. And it was Romans six thirteen. They kept saying Romans six thirteen, which is interesting because my um my son was supposed to be born on the twelfth of June, but th- he came on the thirteenth. Mm. Um, and and my uncle's name is Roman, so I'm like, is that related? What what is this? But if you read Romans six thirteen, it talks something about the death of the body, but not the soul. You know, so it totally makes sense to me. I just read it a few days ago, where I haven't looked at it since that came to me. I'm like, oh, now that makes sense. <laughs> when I it first came through, I wasn't in a state where I could get. And that's why, you know, when I was guided to create my stuff and, and, you know, the platforms that I have, they gave me the name Spirit Sight because, and Spirit Insight, because they're like with um, divine sight, you know, the truth is in all things. Mm. Like it's almost like the words glow to you or, or the meanings come to you when you're in that state of flow or like, if you're not, you'll read it and go, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it won't have the same. And, but that's where they show me like there's codes in these words and there's codes in these things and the words that we use. And that's another reason I told you when we started, like, I don't use labels. Yes. I'm clear able. Yes. I can do mediumship. Yes. I have psychic abilities. Yes. I'm a medical intuitive. You know, all of these different things that I am capable of that we have given labels just so other people understand what it is we do, you know? Um, and 
you know, but each of those is fed in energy by the collective because like, look, I mean, like even look at the term witch, like I had this experience that happened to me and spirit even told me, which is not what you think it is and not what your society believes it is. You know, it's not the label that people say, you know, because look at how we've constructed it and made it fearful or which is, and they're really alchemists. They know the energies and the codes and how to work with nature to create these things. I mean, at its core, what a true, like, witch is supposed to be, mm. you know? Um, and, you know, that was an amazing experience I had actually with, it was a, with the divine feminine, but she presented herself as Ira or the what we would know as the goddess Horus. Mm. And I had this profound experience with her. And that was one of the things she said. She's like, you asked for this. This is yours now. You are, you know, you're a witch. And I'm like, no, witch? What? What? You know, like, ah. She's like, no, that is not what that's supposed to be at all, you know. And this is what it means to, to, to have these abilities and things like that. So that was really interesting. And I don't tell many, I don't think that's the first time I spoke about that in an interview because people, yeah, you know, but that's where I say, like, a lot of these terms have, have, uh, changed i mean look at you know what used to be like merry and gay and now you know like we have changed the way words and symbols and different things mean all through history and given them different energy you know absolutely and, and, no absolutely yeah no i'm glad you feel comfortable to share with me so thank you uh that you know i know you right now too when you were talking it made me fill up with joy because you reminded me of how much i love this human experience even with all its difficulties i constantly remember that even that when i'm climbing up a mountain or something and i'm just happy i'm like i'm the only one up there and i i know a bear could come out and eat me at any moment right? <laughs> even like that but i'm happy and you know and i get to see all oh, man i get to see so many miracles like there's always something like the other day right i maybe a couple weeks ago i went up there because for like healing, right? I needed, I needed to, to heal myself. And so I'm climbing up the mountain and this vulture is flying with me the whole way up. And I'm like, and then I, I realized I got to like the halfway point and then it took off. And I was like, wow, it really did stay with me the whole way, like halfway up the mountain. And you know, that's what the vulture is. It's called the golden purifier, you know, and it's scientific name. So it was, as I was trying to heal and it was like helping me cleanse off this residual energy of whatever I had. So, so it was just amazing. It's amazing to see these things, right. And to be connected. And then on my way down, there was a little, I was like, is that, you know, a coyote? And it, it looked like one, but, but then as I got closer, you know, I still had like the, like the mountain went like that, this little part. And then it was running right there. And then I realized it was running like a gorilla. And then I was like, wait a second, that's a cub. That's a little bear cub. And so that has, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, and that's probably like the fifth one I've seen in person or bear or anything, right? So it was this cute little bear cub and it's running like, a, it saw me and then I looked at it and then it just starts running like probably to go catch up to mama. So I'm like, uh-oh, like, mama, cool. yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, they ha mom has to be close. So I was like, uh-oh. And I just went down and I was just looking, making sure it doesn't come where, where it ran through the trail right there making sure it doesn't come out of the bushes because right there is where the trail split and I had to go straight and the cub went to the left. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to go this way. But you know, the bear, the cub had to do with healing. So it was a perfect, like, and it was a baby. So it was like the vulture was like cleaning off whatever. And then the bear cub brought in that new born healing of like starting something 
Like, so it was just like the way all the messages are there. It's just this amazing thing, right? And so I get to experience those things. And that makes me happier than like, I can't even explain, right? So even just right now, hearing your story, like it fills me with joy. I love hearing these stories. I love, like, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, I do. And, you know, and that's what makes it so magical. You know, like we keep trying to take, you know, pardon the pun, the magic and, and, and the miracles out of everyday life. I mean, the fact that we even exist, much less that like, you know, as this expansion and spread of awareness happens, they showed me like a string of lights, like Mm. you activate one person and it's like a string of lights, right? With these codes and things. And so, you know, um, the more we do that uh, and and see the miracles, you know, um, the the fact that like we can be these multidimensional beings, you know, um, and that I feel like, you know, how they've shown me is like, we're reactivating what we call the junk DNA, which would be the Sasquatch probably DNA. You know, I wasn't given this understanding to recently about what that DNA was. They just told me it was, it isn't junk DNA and that I was realigning and reactivating it for people. Right. Um, and that was part of my purpose that I, I wanted to come back and do um, so that they could become these and remember what they are. That's why I say remembrance guide, you know, to be these multidimensional beings, because, you know, that was our natural evolution, like I said, and in order to care for the planet, be one with the planet, you know, it has all these different frequencies of realities. Um, and, and, and to be able to heal it and everything, you have to be able to move through those energies, those dimensions, those things, you know, in order to have this symbiosis at least that's what they're telling me as i'm speaking so bear with me you know so that is the purpose um that they're they're saying to me right now of of why it's so important to remember who you are so that you are this divine conduit you know that you're you're um you know because even some of modern spirituality is always like ground 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 stick all your negative bleh into the earth well where does it go from there are you helping transmute it Mm. where where's it go you know, they tell me to be this divine conduit as in you always need to pull that energy from source, your soul, your soul, okay, is your energy, that sun, that um, internal, they show it to me as the divine portal right below your like uh, journal notch there. It's right below the heart chakra. It's this divine portal. Sometimes I see when I work with people like galaxies, star systems, nebulas, it just depends like where they're from or what it is. But um, so my understanding is that some people um, have become disconnected from their source, Mm -hmm. as in they're galactic, they're projecting here from their home planet. So they start to what you would call take energy from their environment or others around them just to sustain their operating systems is what you would call it. Right. So another thing I do is like if they have a galactic origin is to reconnect that. So they are drawing from their power system. Mm. Ours is, you know, part of source. So if a lot of times what happens is we try to pull it from our cellular energy and we're like shorting out. That's another reason with the dis-ease, right? Mm. Is um, we're not drawing off our source energy. We're drawing off of our bodies. And um, so we're not energizing properly. So what they show me is that, you know, envision that light of source. Like for me, it's easier because I, 
I was with Source in my first NDE. This, but it's like this brilliant amber to orange to. It's just this beautiful white light that's all encompassing warmth, peace, and love, right? So if I if I put myself into that frame, that's the easiest way for me to pull it, you know, is to visualize it, you know, um, think of a parental love or how you see when you see a kitten, you know, whatever brings that kind of love to you. But I that that's a good way to get in the practice of just pulling love into yourself, um, because at, as a core that that's the soul light, right? Um, but anyway, and and then being that circuit where you're connecting to the core of the energy of mother earth and mm. just, you know, where you're pulling it in a complete cycle. Cause if you're pulling from one, then, you know, you're going to start out this way. You're, you're going from the other, you're only grounded, but you're not connected to source. Then you're, you're drawing from your body's energy. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. But absolutely. <laughs> it, they, they tell me very much that we have disconnected because of our inability to process emotions like we've forgotten to transmute it back to this love and the easiest way to train your mind to do that is the direct opposite of every emotion you know um what is the opposite so um you know love might be fear or hate so so if you're in fear what is there to be grateful for what is there to find love for look for something that is the opposite mm. focus on that you know, um, look at emotions, don't attach, but release, you know, find forgiveness that you felt that way. Because often we feel like we have to forgive someone else for something they did. Forgiveness is, a, is I know it sounds egocentric, but is it is for yourself. You know, it's not forgiving behaviors, only if you let keep that person around and let them continue to treat you that without keeping your energetic boundaries. But it's the forgiveness of yourself for forgetting and not knowing better or, um, for not setting that boundary in the first place. Like you knew better. So often we know better. I do this a lot. Like I always, because I see people's wounds and I see their whole 360 thing, the role they're playing versus the spirit that they are. Um, I'll often let these things happen that I should have put up an energetic boundary because I'm like, Oh, but they're only doing it because of this, but you still have to hold that boundary because this is your energetic being. This is your vessel you know, and decide how you want to treat this vessel. They always tell me the divine, you know, the temple is within you, mm. you know, and, and, and you have to find that divine connection. You have to go through within, within, without, right. Every, everything that you are within and reflects without because of the fact that you're the one creating it. So if you're unhealed, what your experience is unhealed. And that's kind of what my 2019 experience was about. Like mm. all these things I attached to, all these traumas, all these things, it was just creating chaos within the world that I was creating. Wow. No, thank you for sharing. Um, so you think that would be the message, um, that would be the main message to give people going forward, like, uh, like everything is within, right? Like we're able to, to fix everything really that really like, what do you think the main message is that they're giving you to to give humanity does that like uh i know you probably already mentioned it but just uh, <laughs> yeah well you know besides being that complete conduit and um you know opening your light channel in that way um 
you know, uh, it's just the ability to be open-minded and mindful, you know, um, words carry energy and codes. So mm. be mindful how you use them. Like I don't say good morning because if you look at the root of morning, it's to mourn. I'm not going to oh. mourn the day. Okay. You know, just, and wow. I'm not saying, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not, you know, okay. there's so much context in the conditioning of the words and the different things that we use in society that we don't even realize what we say anymore. If you look at like, look at words like, uh, Oh, I'm going to hit that. You know, they're always like, why would you hit something? Or I'm going to do this. You know, like we have a very demonstrative negative thing, even for positive stuff, you know? Um, so, you know, it's just being mindful of how you, how you use your words and especially how you talk to your body and other people. Mm. Like um, some people with very strong energy, your words hit like a slap. That's why I would say like words stick with you and program you. I rather be physically slapped than repeatedly called something or, talk derogatory too because that's a conditioning and it becomes part of your program if you don't hold that energetic boundary like if somebody calls you fat for five years straight you're gonna be i must be fat why am i hearing fat everywhere because then once you hear it take it into yourself and you hear and see it everywhere and mm. that's the same for positive or negative so what do you want your reality to look like like whether or not what i say resonates with you i only speak love okay i just want people to love themselves and I don't think love has ever hurt anyone in the sense of the divine, what we call pure love. The human um, perception of love, uh, it's like, I love you, but I hurt you. So love means hurt. You know what I mean? And that's not the love I'm speaking of, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, because most people are like, well, love's done nothing but hurt me, you know? Um but that's where that accountability and responsibility needs to come into play. Because one of the other things they preach on is the expectations and the, and the titles we give people like, okay, you, if somebody's your mother or your friend, you expect them to behave a certain way, mm. even though they're human and they have their own needs and wants, mom must give you this. Mom must take care of you. Your husband is supposed to nurture and provide you know, like we have all these ideals and constructs that we built people into boxes that they feel trapped in. So many people are unhappy because they, they, they take on those roles. They claim them for themselves. Like I'm supposed to behave this way. This is the way society sees I'm supposed to behave, but they have completely lost their joy. Mm. And energetically they've shown me and pulled me out of body, how we keep pulling people into these roles. And, and like even your expectation of how you expect somebody to behave, maybe they were mean to you once. So from now on there, I won't even say the names that they, you know, people say like, she's a real, hmm. You know, just because once she didn't agree with you mm. and you're you're going to judge her whole character because of that one behavior one time. And maybe you were in the wrong, but you're not taking accountability. Right. So every time you see her, everything that that person could say is going to come through that filter because you're no longer seeing that person from a place of love. You're expecting this and you will get it because you are that powerful. I, you know, people I don't have no. You are that powerful. Just trust me on this. So if you believe someone is going to act X, Y, Z to you, they are going to. And that's just a given. And they pulled me out of body to show me like how my daughter expected me to behave this way. And it was like my body was on autopilot. I played the role she wanted me to play, mm. you know, and how I reacted. I didn't feel that. I wasn't upset. Why would I do it? You know, but I did. And, and, and they also showed me this in the sense of, you know, my accountability and responsibility with that, like how I was seeing my husband because of past things. 
So the minute I let go of that, it was almost like he changed instantly. And it was like, like, is this my husband? You know, if you meet people from a place of love, every time you meet them, your world will change. But if you're carrying around a perception or even a perception that everybody hurts me, somebody hurt me once, so you're going to hurt me too. We have to heal these traumas. That's what gets rid of the chaos. I love it. That was such an, a powerful message. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, that one flowed through. <laughs> so that's from huh? them to you. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No, that made perfect sense. I, I got it. I got it. Um, I've definitely had... Um, you know, it's weird because see, my brain will argue that I generally don't put labels on people. That's why I expect, see, if anything, I expect, but see, there you go. I expect like the best and I'll tolerate a lot instead of cutting. So that's my thing. I'll, I'll, I'll let it get to the point where I'm like, man, this person is never going to change, but it will take way too long where I should have just cut it and allowed for I don't know, like maybe cut it and allow that or just there like that. That was it for that experience. Like there, just let it. But see, then I don't know. The energetic, that. Yeah, what? that's the energetic boundary because, you know, they're not in a place of healing. What I mean by like sending love is like, you know, that they have these traumas and where that lens is from. So why initiate? Why give your energy to it? Why attach to their behavior? It's not about you. Mm. You're taking it personal. Mm. rather than detaching you let it affect your mood that's, mm. that's the other aspect of it like yeah. if this person's in a, you notice how like one person in your household wakes up all crotchety they trigger the next person i was having a good mood till i heard that because you know, like if i'm in a bad mood my whole house just goes mm. you know it's like and it's rare that it happens but yeah you know and but I, i've seen it in many other ways you know so that's what I'm saying. The accountability for your own energy and your own interaction. You can give love even if love is not being returned. And that doesn't mean keep putting yourself or your energy at it. It means don't attach to it. It is never about you. Mm. Every, you know, um, people are reflecting. It, it, it's a mirror verse. So they're reflecting their inner hurt at you in some way, somehow. You might have something they think that they're not worthy of. You might be doing something that they know they should have done, but they didn't. They didn't make that choice. So they're envious. Whatever it is, if they're reacting badly to you, it's about their own state of consciousness and self-worth and self-love. And that's why I guess I I push you know that self-healing and self-love because once you love yourself, you can't represent anything but love in the world. Mm. But in order to love yourself, you have to look at that accountability and responsibility. It's not easy. You know, there's a lot of people that like to make the whole spiritual path, sunshine, rainbows, and glitter farting unicorns, but it's not. Mm. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of ugly crying, a lot of late nights and dark nights of the soul where you're looking at yourself going, oh, wow. Mm. I still have those moments like, ew. I was that person. How, why was I being, you know, like throughout my life, like I was like, oh, I can see why they saw this. And I can see why I reacted that way. So maybe by being this way, that's just how they were reading it from their own state of consciousness, you know? And so I have to accept that that's just how the lens that they saw me. And so that is their reality. The respecting that sovereignty, that that's their creation. And also, you know, especially with family dynamics, okay. They're never going to change. 
in their state of recorded memory, you're still that five-year-old that got everything mommy and daddy, you know, wanted to give you because they could then that the other sibling maybe didn't get right or things like that. You're still that person in their memory. You're that's their recorded version of you. It's very, very unlikely from what I have seen that that's ever going to change. So why do you keep trying? Why do you feed energy? Why do you want that validation? Why do you want that love? You didn't get it then. Why are you still looking for it now? Love yourself. You have all the love that you need within yourself. It doesn't have to come from an external course but we're so taught your family should be loving you should have this nurturing we all didn't get that nurturing not everybody did and I think (laughs) at some level even when we feel even as a parent that we gave it you know my kids are like you were emotionally unavailable I'm like what I was there every day I spent all my time with you you know like but is there aspect maybe you you didn't give enough everybody has a different level that they need but that's still not your responsibility. Don't take it on like you were a terrible parent. You did the best you can. You're human. I think it isn't until like we're 30, 35 that we realize our parents were human. Holy crap. Oh, you know, yeah. Absolutely. All that state of consciousness. Yeah. You know, so because there's a lot of parents that carry guilt. And there's a lot of children that say their parents were terrible when, you know. So, you know, all of those things, these levels of healing really need to happen within you because your world your lens of the world is created by how much you are willing to heal absolutely no no thank you that's a powerful message um yeah i mean i don't even want to ruin it with saying anything else (laughs) after that but um so i guess in closing because uh i feel like uh I, i think we've We've shared enough that we can close it. <laughs> but but um, do you want to say anything else before we do? And also where people can find your, like the, where you provide the healing and all that, if people want to contact you to get healing. And you said you're also, you already started a community as well, right? Right. Yeah. I have um, the Spirit Insight Community. It's the celebration of consciousness. Hmm. We have a sharing group um, every uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern. Um where we talk about the multiverse, everything, you know, like to me, it's all part of this whole um, multidimensional existence. So we talk about everything from, you know, the galactics, the elementals, the celestials, the Sasquatch, NDEs, STEs, anything that comes through. A lot of us are psychic intuitive mediums. So we'll practice with that or we get messages while we're all together. So people, and it's interesting because, you know, um, about that, it's like we each fill in the puzzle pieces or like if somebody's not quite getting this, they're like, I get this. What do you think? You know, and we're able to validate each other. And it's such, and there's, I've had so many people comment that, you know, there's just so much love energy within Mm. that. I'm very blessed by it. And we hold a once a month event called the Celebration of Consciousness at 11 a.m. on the first Sunday of the month, um, and that's central, as I, where we have like four or five different speakers. You know, usually someone that tells their experiences like these, and then um, other people that teach different things, like um, you know, um, sometimes it's mediumship. Uh, like this month is soul retrieval. Um, and then we usually have somebody that does a guide meditation. Like this month is um, between lives regression, oh. you know, and it's all free. This is our way of giving back for what we do and the abilities that we were, you know, uh, given. And um, 
So yeah, it's a two hour event, but yeah, the, that's, that's the community stuff that I do. And, and, and I have an NDE group called crossing over um, as well, but, and, and I have the IN central Missouri group. I'm pretty, I'm all over doing different things. Um, but yeah, I have a healing practice called healing through remembrance and um, that's on Calendly. I mean, that you can find it, but I, I do have a link tree I can give you that has all the group links and all, all the other links. If you're willing to put that uh, with this video Absolutely. Um, so they can, they can find all the different things. If they're interested, it's all on there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. No, Thank you for that opportunity because, you know, sometimes people want to connect with you and they don't know where. Um, and it, it's always nice to, to have that. So, and I'm always willing to talk to people. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> awesome. You know, I, I've been surprised where I'm, I mean, maybe that's why, like I've seen where someone interviewed someone and they mm -hmm. won't have any of their links and maybe it's, it's that. So they're like, I figure it's because they don't want someone else to interview them or something like that. Could but be. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just, but yeah, I always, of course, like, why wouldn't I put people's links, it, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So it, it's funny, but yeah, definitely. I'll put the link tree, any any links that you want me to put. And um, let me see what else, what else? I think, I think. Oh, go, go yeah. Ahead, please, please go. yeah, and the one thing you said, like, that I, I'd want to leave people with also is that, um, I keep getting it and I've had other people say it, you know, 2024 to 2027 is going to be quite a bit of change and expansion easier from some than others. But mm. um, just to be aware, like I told you, the spirit keeps telling me, you know, it's a living life review. That's what we're going through right now to get rid of that to step into these energies. And I guess patience and compassion for yourself and no, you're not going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people questioning themselves because uh, a lot of, uh, I think timelines, what, what people will call past life are bleeding through a lot now as well. And, you know, um, just, I encourage you to reach out to find communities that resonate with you. You know, I'm very involved in um, quite a few spiritual communities internationally and stuff and um, happy to plug them, but, you know, but anyway, but um that, you know, and my own, you know, but find a place that resonates that you can speak your truth, because that is a huge part of the healing process is to be able to talk about all these things authentically, because every person I've talked to either publicly, privately or whatever, when they get talking, I find they've had these experiences. They just don't want to be put themselves out there. And even ones that may have had it will deny it to you just because they're afraid of their own you know, and, and letting go of that fear is so important. And one other quick thing that, you know, I told you prior to recording that I just had another near death like experience mm. um, on the 19th, which is my spiritual number. Wow. But one thing they wanted me to take away from that is, which, which seems like really odd to say, you know, we, we fear death. So we create death. Um, I was, because I stayed calm and because of my fourth death experience of knowing how to restart my body, I was able to return. Um, and it's my vehicle for as long as I want to use it. But, you know, if, if I was raised with the fact that I could die, things would be a lot different, if that makes sense. But I had my NDE so young, I knew that, yeah, that there didn't have to be a death. 
and um, many medical intuitives um, have healed themselves from major things, you know, um, or returned from NDEs with, you know, healed. Like I didn't have any water in my lungs. I should have. Um, I should have had various brain damages from my other NDEs. I did not, mm. you know, and, and I'm not saying what I've found is there are some that we have chosen to experience health issues, but I had uh, an experience with Archangel Michael. And this is the last thing I want to leave you with because it, I think it pertains more than just to health. Um, I was having this major health surge of something that I thought I healed many moons ago. So I was very mm -hmm. frustrated. And I'm like, if you want me to be of service, you need to help me heal or get me the heck out of here. But I didn't say it as nicely. Right. And he pulled me and he said, he's like, I cannot remove something you've already pulled into your experience. The only thing I can do is help remove your attachment. So it moves through your experience faster. Mm. It was the hugest aha. And then this whole remembrance came with it because the more I feared it, the more I attached to it, the more I tried to treat it, the more I was claiming it for my experience. Instead of just like, Oh, that's that. I can let that go. Or, or what's it trying to show me? I always ask your body, what's it trying to show you? Um, because energetic, everything starts in the energetics and these light bodies in, in the quantum space. And, and you can create it there and pull it here. So he was reminding me, you know, a, it was my accountability because I pulled it in because mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with something. Yeah. Often we create illness when we don't want to step forward into our purpose or we, we're not dealing with something that's going on in our life because we don't want to look at it. And we create this illness. Look at me. I can't do it because of this and this and this. Yeah. So, you know, that was a huge reminder for me that, you know, so anytime pain has come into my life since or other things, you know, I'm like, okay, how much am I going to feed this? Because right away, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to experience this. Can we get all fearful? I don't want to be in pain. But the body's only way to communicate with you is pain or anxiety. If you're not listening to something, if you're not taking care of something, if you're not dealing with an emotion, that's the only way it has to speak with you. Mm. So ask it, what are you trying to show me? And when you let go of those things, you'll find it leaves you. And that's the last thing. <laughs> and thank you for letting me add that on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Like, you know, there there were just so many things you said that I related to and I have like store similar stories, but I know we would make this interview like two hours long. So, <laughs> right. you know, I don't want to do that to, to the viewers. You know, I'm sure eventually, you know, like I mentioned to you, I've done one interview and eventually, you know, I'm sure when when people ask me to do interviews, I'll I'll share more of, of my story. But, you know, I'll just say that at least that I could I could vouch like with my own experiences that so many things that you said, right? Like the one of Bigfoot I shared, right? That would seem right. so out there to some people, but hey, I wanted to validate that as well. So, you know, if mm. anyone, you know, looks at you like you're crazy, well, hey, I'm. <laughs> well, and, and that was, that's where the authenticity <laughs> came from, you know, because one of the things in my band quantum hypnosis was, you know, um, speak more, talk less, mm. you know, stop filtering it you know, by your audience. These are the truths. Yeah. Some people won't resonate with it. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have either. I, I would have told, if you would have told me Sasquatch this, then I was a hybrid or I would have been, <laughs> you know, but as we attain these levels of consciousness and remembrance, it's not. 
but people are never going to get there if we're hiding this information, if we're gatekeeping, they call it, you know, or I do, you know, so we have to be authentic in our experiences. We're only holding back the collective consciousness if we don't. Absolutely. No, no. And that's why, see, at least I was doing it through songs already. Like, you know, there's a song like from 2010 where I mentioned being like a medium and I worked it into (laughs) like this hip hop song, but like, you know, anyone listening to it probably just thought like, oh, I'm just using some kind of map. But I was really like, you know, so there there were times where at least with music, I would the filter would be off. Right. Yeah. I would be able to just I would be talking about vin- visions I had. I, there was even this old song I did about like I didn't know how to express it. I saw a war and that was, of course, people yeah. don't you know that it's scary, but I had the vision. So how do I transmute that energy to not hold it in my head and just be fearful? Like, oh, one day there's going to be this war. But it was almost like a warning. We don't have to get to that. That was what I was exactly. trying. That's we don't have, knowing that this, I'm seeing this and I have premonitions and I'm see, and they tend to be pretty much accurate. I'm trying to warn people like, do you really want that clash? Like, like I didn't know how to express it, but at least I try to put it in words. You know, if I was a director or, you know, back then I was, you know, pretty young. So if I had the money to make a whole movie and, but even <laughs> nothing though, that's why it's funny. Even movies with all the graphic stuff they show in movies, that still doesn't work. That still doesn't make people's stomachs turn and be like, oh, I don't want that. Like, like look at right now what was happening with all this. And people like, it made them more toxic. Like I've seen comments of people like, yeah, I'm glad. Like I've just seen horrific things. And where people uh, well, are taking it's gonna a take a lot of that, unfortunately. I mean, like upheavals in order to get to the place or where they've had enough. You know, like I say as a healer, I'm not gonna give you an energetic band-aid. You have to do the work, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, because I could do this energy stuff or psychic surgery or whatever and heal us for a time being, but you're only gonna recreate it because that's your pat energetic frequency pattern, how you cope with things. You're just gonna recreate it five years, ten years down the road, whatever, even a month, you know. So I have to teach you how to get to the core of those things. Well, it's the same thing with society. You can't throw band-aids at it. They are going to have to have as a collective, a dark night of the soul, whatever that means, losing everything, whatever, or their perception of reality or whatever. Like, you know, this awareness is going to give them a different perception of the reality to where they have to make these different choices. Mm. And that's not, that's not going to be comfortable for a lot of people, yeah. but it's a necessary <laughs> in, the, in their evolution, you know, of consciousness. But so, you know, that's the other thing of, you know, um, things we deem or judge or label bad, good, you know, in the spirit world, it's like, the greatest good for all it may actually be a, a very divine intervention like yes i had a lot of trauma but if i hadn't i wouldn't be the healer i am today because they showed me i wouldn't know those frequencies to reach the people going through it mm. if i hadn't been through it first how am i going to know what that feels like how am i going to meet them in that quantum space to pull them and show them the way out of it if i've never experienced it myself Absolutely. You know, and that's so funny because, you know, I'm no saint. Absolutely. Like I have and I can't hide it because I I have songs where I channeled all that anger and this and that. And even after I started trying, you know, to change and this and that, like that was the message that was clear to me. It was like that, though, even though 
that's going to reach somebody that's on that frequency. And then you're going to pull them because that's what happened to me. And then it made perfect sense. Like even, you know, one of my favorite artists was like Tupac, you know, who Tupac was right. Yeah. yeah. And him, he had these songs and that's after what, what, what I would listen to more. He had these songs about changing the world and this and that and that and this. But what drew me at first was his thug life songs about this, because that's what I was going through. I, since I would get bullied and this and that and, and picked on, that was helping me find courage, right? Like, here's this guy. He had courage. He never got into a gang. He st- he was kind of like someone on his own. And the same, when I was growing up, gangs didn't make sense to me, but I was surrounded by them. So that how do you survive? Can you survive on your own? He was showing me that you could, right? Like, oh, he he was this guy. He he just was like thug life. That was the thing. He, he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't. So he, I took on a lot of things like the way, like he did. And then after that, like, then he had all this knowledge. He was so knowledgeable. And, you know, he credited his mom. So I credit a lot of things from my life. He was taught by his mom. So, it was like, so it, technically his mom taught me too, right? Like, his mom taught him. And then he taught people like me. And then, but it really came, you know. So it's just an amazing thing. So anyways, they just told me with my songs, I wasn't supposed to have a filter. Even though some, sometimes yeah. I'm like... I can't even listen to someone because I'm like, man, I was cussing so much. I said so much. Like, you know, and I have to laugh about, you know, that's funny about you you saw talk about cussing because I don't like cussing, but it's really funny. And I don't know if it's just an aspect of me that I get when I get hyper spiritual and frustrated about things. I talk in this weird voice and it swears a lot. Oh, wow. not not and that rarely happens but i always laugh it's so so funny that you know that's another thing we judge on like the language or even the humor because like yeshua has a lot of humor and so did the fae the fae love messing with me and hiding things and i'll say give it back and it'll just show up in the middle of the room you know like you know and and they, they tell me they do it or they told my daughter i think it was you know because i was taking something too serious or, and sometimes it, you know, like when you lose your keys or your glasses, that they will move them, like, like, cause they, you know, sometimes it's a protection. Like, if I yes, were, yes, uh, like five minutes, if I would have left five minutes earlier, you know, I'll see this accident. That could have been me. I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I always say, you know, trust the divine plan. Like, if I can't find something or I don't feel I'm supposed to go out that day, don't. The hugest thing is to follow your internal intuition. I always call it the divine GPS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely no and it's funny you mentioned because i'll just share this real quick like one of my first things that when i had like this this kind of vision you know who knows maybe i was 18 or so driving on the freeway and there was this huge like you know those diesel or you know the the semi trucks that carry two big old tankers of gas oh the tankers yeah yeah so i was driving behind it but in the other lane and you know i don't know i, I was gonna go push through it oh no i was i think right next to it and then i was going all of a sudden, I saw it in my mind's eye, like if it hit me or something. And then, so I slowed down and I, and I was like, I'm, you know, this, that. I was like, I'm stupid. Like, well, oh, okay, well, whatever. And then, like 30 seconds later, as I was already getting ready, okay, I guess I'm just going to push through. All of a sudden, it hits like a bump in the road and it went all the way into, yeah, so that would have been my little car would have, boom, <laughs> like, so I was Matt like, oh. Fox. <laughs> yeah yeah but i was like okay did that really happen you still doubt it right like i was doubting mm-hmm. it i was like uh okay like i know but maybe 
it was just the logical thing, right? Like you're next to it. And maybe <laughs> I was just like, yeah, this is possible. So, you know, you start trying to think, make things. But, yeah. but that, that was obviously something warning me. And I've had the same, like how you said about losing your keys. You can't, and then you go and you see an accident and you're like, wait a sec. Like that would have probably been me or something like that. Right? So. And they're, and they're always back where you put them when it's time for you to leave. Like, oh. You might have checked there five times. And it'll just be sitting there blank on a table. Like my glasses, they like to do that to me. All of a sudden, it'll just it'll just be sitting there where like five of us have checked mm. or in the middle of the road. Like for the longest time, I was losing a bunch of metal, different things in my rings. And I'm like, okay, I know I didn't lose these. I know I didn't misplace those. Give them back to me. The next morning I wake and under, literally there was this whole pile of them under my, uh, you know, my bedside table. <laughs> I was like, wow. you know. Because it was open, you know, so underneath of it, they set they set it all back in a little pile. I was like, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, you know, and, you know, you get to a point where you don't doubt this stuff because, I mean, like it happens in your reality so much. And it's so funny because even though these things still happen to me, like even with this like um, thing that happened with May Tuesday where I went to the black void, you know, um, I still get emotional or still. Still, when things happen in like the 3D reality, like I'm so used to being out of body, but when it actually happens in my 3D physical presence, I still sometimes freak out or get emotional, not just like, oh my God, that did happen. You know, yeah. like this reality is really that malleable. You know, you know, so I get it when people question these things. Of course I do. It's the natural human reaction, but it's like, it happens so often now that I'm like, yeah, okay, just give it back. I don't have time for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But but I never want to lose the magic. Like, don't lose the magic. Because that, that is still miraculous that these little things that we, we're so multidimensional. You know, I've I've had experiences. Oh, there was the other thing they keep wanting me to say, and I, I know we're going long, is um, what you were talking about, you know, like spirits and ghosts and things. I, I always joke because of being multidimensional and knowing the things I've done. I always say we're all ghosting each other's timelines. Oh. You know, people be like, who moved this? Who did that? And I have found and they've shown me that often it's me doing it to myself, like backwards, forwards, different things. And like my parents thought our house was haunted, like this ghost was doing things with the doll clothes and different things. But they showed me it was me um, because I wouldn't be able to play and grow up with my sisters because they're 12 years older than me. So I, I was visiting and playing with them. You know, yeah. so like I always laugh about being that multidimensional. We just don't remember it. I mean, we're starting to some of us, but, you know, so I, I just I, you know, so, you know, um, the biggest thing I can say is if you want to expand and experience these things to let go of that fear. No, absolutely. Well, you know what? Like, since you mentioned that. OK, so <laughs> Like, that was one of the things. When it started happening to me, I would be visited by this ancient being. And to me, I thought it was like God, right? But then as I got older, I started thinking, what if that was me? And I think Interstellar, even when that came out, have you ever seen the movie Interstellar? Not sure. Well, I, it's, it ends up being something like that. Like, it's like the daughter has a ghost and she says the ghost is giving her messages. And like so through the movie, this and that. And then in the future, like the earth is kind of dying and not to ruin the movie. Uh, uh -huh. You're, you're going to watch it or not. <laughs> but um, so in the future, it ends up being like. It was the dad way in the future ended up like, well, not way in the future, but he ended up being in this. A thing outside of time, and he was he was his daughter's ghost that was 
you know, and he was trying to send her messages to basically because she was going to save the planet. So it was like, it was something like that. And so this being that would appear to me, I, I was always wondering who this ancient being was. And then even that I started thinking, because now that's kind of what I'm getting these messages of me being this ancient, ancient being. Yep. And so I'm like, was that me all along? Like mm -hmm. coming back to tell like the other, like who, who is this, this ancient being? So I still, I guess I feel like that's, you know, but it's so mm -hmm. <laughs> like us appearing to ourselves, Right. Yeah, well, crazy. you know, and they always tell me my guides are just other aspects, other lives of myself. Mm. You know? So I understand that even like my first death experience, that was the totality of my overstole I was experiencing from what they told me, you know, like that is me. I'm a fractal of that and I have things to do and all these things, you know, so I, I understand those things, but it really does. It's, it's, it's even hard for my mind to like go around all that, like how there is no space or time and I'm messing with myself and I'm doing these things. And, and like, I've even had it validated by running into other people through portals and different things. You know, like I'm collecting things for a future that I don't have things in and just all these really weird things that like sound so, and I, you know, they always say you're not crazy. If you know, you think you sound crazy. Right? Uh, uh. Yeah. But you know, if I hadn't experienced it or had it validated by other people I ran into in the quantum that I know in this time, you know, I would wonder too, but I started to put all the pieces together of these different things. And I get that's why people journal, but you know, it, it's really interesting. Um, cause we just credit and, and, and write off so much about our experiences. Oh, you know, that's astral, that's dreams, that's this, that's that. Um, but I, through feeling the energy and different things, you can really tell the difference. Like I've had experiences where I was, my consciousness was going into people compared to Robert Monroe, but I haven't read his work, you know, where my consciousness was going into other aspects or other people that had open consciousness to either experience, alter different decisions, different things. You know, my daughter's experienced that too, you know, um, because I think we're fluid through all of our aspects and we're constantly trying to move each of us forward. That makes sense. That actually made a lot of sense because even that, right? Like when I've had, like when I first realized I could also dream backwards because one day I had a dream and, you know, I showed up to work and, you know, my job, it's like a day-to-day -day basis. So you never know who you're going to run into. Right. So I didn't know I was going to run into this person. And this was someone that I didn't really, I had never talked about anything spiritual with, I, I don't believe at all, and but I knew them. And so like barely. Right. And uh, so all of a sudden I just opened up to, I just opened up to him. I'm like, Sherry, I had the craziest dream. Da -da 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 -da. And then they look at me and they're like, what? You just said word for word what happened to me three years ago. And yeah, I was I've like, done that. Yes. Yeah. I've done that. Or they so come I, back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I dreamed that four months ago. I remember when that. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that means I was seeing it through his. That means I hopped into yeah. his. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. And I even had an experience where I was with a friend and all this stuff was happening. And then maybe a couple months later, he was telling me a story. But in the dream, I was him and he was me. So yeah. I was like, wow, again, I was seeing it like through his eyes. Yeah, like you're doing a life review. 
it's like yeah. a living yeah where you're seeing and experiencing it through the other person's eyes yeah yeah, yeah and, and you know and part of my understanding was you know some of this stuff that I was doing was you know like you know how we say corrupted right well you know like fixing timelines you know and refixing the frequencies of where like they were supposed to progress to and mm. just thinking things like that uh, um and I don't know you know I'm not claiming that it's everybody's truth because we are here having different purposes and different experiences and we come from a collection of different abilities and different races and different things um as a state of consciousness so you know but these are the things that you know um that are available to us anyway, or that can happen. And I think it's good for people to understand, even if they're not having these experiences, because maybe a loved one is. Mm. So, but the thing I've understood as a collective, like the more, you know, the more you collect and the more you sit in those frequencies, the more experiences you're going to have. But within that, I always say, careful what you wish for. Universe is like the decision, you know, you, you got to kind of watch what you want to, like when I asked for healing, I didn't know they would bombard me with everything I ever needed to heal. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I got, I got, oh, I, I saw that early on. What well, with this scar, right? Like the scar. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Scarface? Oh, without Pacino. The mobster? Yeah. 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 So he had this scar, you know, and, He's why well, he says this. I don't want to say it because it's vulgar, right? But he says this thing in in the movie. You know, he goes, like, "How I get a scar?" Like, oh, because someone tells him, "Oh, how do you get that scar?" Tough guy, like, and they tell him something, and he's like, "How I get a scar like this from whatever, right?" Like, and then so I always used to look in the mirror and say that, like, at at you know, fifteen years old or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I got, and then I was like. Cause I was like, oh, that looks cool, right? Like he was like this mob figure, like tough guy, right? Cause you know that's what happens. See, when you're bullied and everything, you're looking at those figures, like the tough guy that no one messes with them, kind of thing. And they didn't start off like that, but they turned into that, right? They got all the respect, all the everything. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're aiming to be. And but yeah, be careful what you wish for. Then I had, and I remember being self conscious in high school. Like people would be, oh, the guy with the scar. I would hear him. And I would be like, oh, like, you know, I would always out in public. When I wasn't at school, I'd always be wearing beanies or hats or stuff because, you know, I was, yeah, I was 16 years old. Like, so, uh, you know, I just got really self-conscious about it. So it was, it was funny, but, but yeah, be uh, careful what you wish for. I definitely, I got that early on and, and it's the truth. I, I know another thing and, and, and um, I think, you know, Jelani, and he reminded me of that. Um, so I remember at, at, speaking at the IANS conference and oh. I was like, yeah, I kept saying, don't give me this, you know, I, I just need to get through this week, you know? And so literally the day I left the conference is when I lost my voice. Wow. <laughs> He's like, I did that. He goes, and he warned me before that. Cause he was like, you know, don't tell it. It can come later. Cause it will, you know, like, don't say, I, I just need to get through this. Then he can, you know, he's like, cause it will just say, you don't want to experience it at all. You know? Cause sometimes we, we totally forget. That's just how we talk or think like, I can't do this right now. But I can deal with it later, you know. It's like, no, no, no. And so I had to laugh because it, it, was, it was spot on, you know. Um, but yeah, there's there's always like like I said, a blessing and maybe a not so blessed um aspect of because in my fourth death experience, they literally said at your level of light, you have to watch your words. Oh, so wow. because the higher frequency you are, the faster it's created. Mm. 
and it became very, very apparent with a bunch of things that manifested super fast um, that I literally just said to my, even to my family, to the point they're like, you need to watch yourself because <laughs> it was that obvious, like things showing up at our door and just all these different things that I just said, like, I want this. And it just appear at my door, you know, like, just you know, weird things like that. So, you know, um, so being in that divine conscious flow is a lot of responsibility. And that's why they tell me that the earth has the density it does, because think about it. If you had all these creators, um, what they call celestial beings here, unaware of what they are and what they create, and they had full free reign to do that, it would look like literally the void of creation because everything would be going on and you didn't know what the hell is going on. It'd be utter chaos. You think this is chaos. Just imagine what we could do if things manifested instantly at the speed of thought. So this density is here for our protection. And as we learn to heal and choose love, then we're able to create more because we won't create destruction. That makes sense. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no. I mean, I've experienced that where I've asked for something and, and instantly. So, yep. and you know what? It's funny because recently, well, not recently, but a few months back, I went through something like that. And I, I think that's what you actually just gave me like the light bulb moment. I think that's what they were trying to show me because I did something and it caused all this chaos. So like, I think they were trying to warn me, beware, beware, like kind of something similar. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. beware because someone, even in the dream, they were like, what did you do? And I was like, eh, I didn't care. I was like, nothing like, well, <laughs> well you shouldn't have made me mad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So no, no, that's no, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because I had created literally my fourth death experience because I joked about something about ways to die. Yeah, it was. Fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. They're like, in your level of light, you cannot do this. I'm like, who? No, no, <laughs> thank you. I feel like I needed to hear that. So thank you for sharing that. That's yeah, great. You are so welcome. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, these, these things are just, you know, there's certain parameters of how the program works that I feel people need to hear about so i'm glad we were able to just discuss all of this today no absolutely absolutely it's been an honor I, i'm actually um I, you know i knew like something told me like i, I was going to interview you and i think from before but i just i don't know i guess it just never we never got to and then finally because yeah something i told me to message you since before and then i was <laughs> like oh, i'll just wait and then after what well, i was like okay let me just go ahead and Always divine timing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. No, it's been great. You're welcome. And yeah, and I just wanted to tell you one thing after after we go. So I'm gonna end it right here for okay. everybody. <laughs> and then and then just something real quick. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh I'm gonna put all of Lorelai's links uh in the description so you could connect with her. Uh, you know, I'm so grateful. It was an amazing conversation. It turned out to be, you know. At first, it was just, okay, let's just do the interview. And then, <laughs> you know, it ended up being a conversation after all. So yeah. I was grateful to have it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for allowing me and allowing me to have a conversation. Yes. You know, it's the things we take away sometimes from this experience that is far more important than hearing the experience, even though people love the detail. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you. And on that note, uh, 
Okay, everybody. Life may move fast, though it may move slow. I made a silly man who said he'd make it slow. We look about towards space, so even at the sky. One day pass away, but never look inside. Breathe in, breathe out. Life is a man's move, figure this out. Feeling it, you know what I'm saying? Just feeling it. <laughs> and I want to feel this way forever. Yeah.